in the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of Aurolic waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. TheTreehouseAK.com located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG Cider Company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their pop and tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. Alaska Mining and Diving Supply, located in Anchorage, is our go-to for powder sleds and utility rigs. Whether you're in the mountains with the flat bill bros, running trap lines, or hauling freight, they have the selection to get you dialed from peaks to the valleys. Find them on Commercial Drive or akmining.com. We, we talked about, we talked about, you know, being a little bit more lax in the beginning and then 
after we went a full year and had one every week, it was like, you can't stop now. You can't, like, miss a week. Yeah. It has to. Like, it's 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 established. So. Yep. But thanks to everything he's done, because, to like you said earlier, the fall off when it becomes like, eh, this is kind of like too much behind the scenes. Like, I got other shit to do. It's a lot of fucking work. You know? Yeah. I mean, and, I, like, not that I've done it, but I can only... I can yeah. only imagine, you know. Yeah, and then it, it, it works out too. You know, it, it just so happens this the seasonality of where he can have some time for it, it just works out in our favor. And if it wasn't for that, I don't think it, it would be what it is today, really. So I say it all the time, but thanks again, Daniel. You're welcome. Man, yeah, you're no, welcome. I, congrats, guys. Yeah. Thank I you. Mean, yeah. It's With anything, it's like building a dog kennel or whether you're building a podcast, like it takes a lot of, a lot of freaking work, you know? <laughs> and, um, there's probably a lot of days where you guys are like, man, I don't know if we can keep this thing going or I, you know, it, it would be should, easy to just, it would just be easy to bag it. Yeah. Or like, or hey, do it half fast. Should, should we really take a week half-assed. off or, yeah. you know, yeah. like, let's just, Let's take the summers off and, you know, and then... Those conversations have been had. <laughs> yeah, and it's a domino, effect, you know, and then it's yeah. kind of like the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah, you're calling it, bro. You're calling it. You have to just grind through and make it happen. Yep, 100%. It, it's, it's, this is definitely one of those things where you have to stay on it. I think the second you take a break, you're going to lose your momentum and your traction. And you know what? People are in general, are kind of what have you done for me lately mm-hmm. uh, by nature. So you have to be in their faces all the time. You have to be present. Yeah. Because if you give up and they're like, oh, man, like didn't have one this week, I'll just move on to this next yeah. one, and boom, you're done. No, and I I've, lose you. I've been in the same boat as, I guess, a, a listener. You know, I'll go check in on a podcast, and I'll be like, oh, no new episode. Like, nah, fuck it. And then I forget. And then a couple of weeks goes found by. found a new one. And, and then, you know, yeah. then maybe I'll pop back into it. And it's like, oh, they got a new one. But then, yeah, I think you need that consistency to, like, just continue to grow and stay yeah. relevant. And, and even the consistency, people can, like, fall off for whatever reason. And they come back and be like, oh, man, there's a whole bunch I've missed. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that one that came out that week is not their whatever jam. But they can be like, oh, man, they had this person or that, or I'm into this or that. So that's just like, I don't know. Is there too much? Can there be too much content? I don't think so. No. I don't and think like so, that, right? Yeah, that's like, no. I'm sure you guys have listeners where it's like, you know, maybe some of the topics aren't like their thing. But then, mm-hmm. like, y- you guys have such a variety of guests, you know, and variety yeah. of, of conversations to where it's like, oh, you know, then go and check in and be like, all right, they got yeah. this. This is cool. Totally. Yeah. yeah and I, it, it's like still, we're still trying to shake the stigma and the narrative that like it's a hunting podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, it's not that. It's a lot of shit about Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> and hunting's like just a fraction no, of it. For sure. Know? But yeah, you're right. There, There's, I just think. Some people don't like the flavor of the week of that of that episode, and that's cool, man. Check yeah. in again in a month. We'll have four new ones. Yeah. Every but week, even baby. so, like, when you look at, like, the numbers, it's like, okay, so there's maybe, like, 100 less downloads versus mm-hmm. there's still lots and lots and lots of downloads happening. But maybe that week was just like, uh, maybe 100 people didn't like it. Yeah. But still, everyone, all the other 1,000 people did, you know. 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, and it, I'm, it's pretty cool having guests back. And tonight's badass to have you back. I think third time, right? Third time, baby. Third time. Third time. Dude. That the most? He's, he's an all-timer, bro. Yeah. Damn. That's it. All-timer, You're man. I'm like that ex-girlfriend you can't get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> Just lingering. Yeah. Just yeah. see what the movie is. Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, man. There she is. Hey. Seen, how you doing? Hey, Karen. <laughs> ah, fuck. Come on over. <laughs> 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 it's been a year and a half it's like we never missed a beat <laughs> that's funny that's love oh, that's man. love that's yeah, love that's, that's love. right hell yeah that's real love did you drive in from willow today i, I did oh, yeah you did. yeah how's the road not too bad i no. mean yeah today the main highway is probably good yeah I, it up. seems like they've been fucking plowing and sanding okay. you know nice. all day so it's not that bad um there's a few spots where it's you know, maybe the three lanes went down to two. Yeah. People don't know where to drive, but yeah, they're figuring it out. <laughs> so it yep. happens in these big snows like that. Just necks everything down. Yep. I saw a meme. It's like, uh, you know, the guy from uh, Captain Phillips, the guy who's like, the, he's like, I'm the captain now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Guy. yeah so the, it's the like, lead pirate. like the top picture is him with the thing. And then the bottom is like, one lane, but like three cars. I know he's like, these are the lanes now. Basically. Oh, shit. That the, the little guy did a great job in that movie. Yeah, he did. He blew up his, that's like the I big, think, I think that big, like took him off, right? That was his. Oh, I'm sure. He took off on that. We don't know his name, but he's doing <laughs> I good. don't know his name. <laughs> the captain guy he's now. Dude, awesome. He's got I'm a lot of memes. <laughs> he's got a lot of memes. <laughs> Most famous memer ever. He's more famous uh, than Jack Sparrow. I don't know, man. The other guy with the big with the big the big black guy. That guy might be the number one meme guy. Which oh, one? Oh yeah, the, the big, big Jamal dick. Schlong. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the one they did uh, at Alieska. <laughs> I forget his I name. I think we have that. That sticker somewhere? No, I think I Someone put it. I put it away. I was like, man, that might be. We got kids watching this show, man. No, man, that's hilarious, <laughs> man. No, I don't know. I think we ended up just snagging them all. We had we had them stacked. <laughs> Did you somewhere. see that though? That no. meme. Okay, you know how. I mean, yeah, I, I seen the meme. I didn't know you guys had a sticker. Somebody made a sticker. Zalieska no. meme. No. They okay, so you know how they somebody like carved in. I guess it was one of the. Dudes who worked there, like carved a big old dick employee that was at like the top of the mountain, at, at the top of the mountain, like a huge one, like huge, okay. huge, huge dick. Yeah. Because something happened with the ownership or something, and they ended up closing it, and somebody got mad, so they put a huge dick, and it made like national news. Oh wow! And then like you know, t one minute later, there's the meme. It's just that black guy on top of the mountain, <laughs> and it just shows the white <laughs> the hat on his <laughs> with the Christmas hat. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So somebody uh, made stickers of it, and we got some somehow, and I don't know where they went. I forget who brought those in. <laughs> man, but speaking about the snow, man, it was it is oh, wet, 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 wet. Wet and messy. Wet and messy. Perfect for the kids, though, because they could build stuff. And, mm -hmm. and it's warm, too. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching my, uh, I got an um, a old Honda snowblower. I was like, yeah, we're going to bust that out today. That thing just like starts. Yeah. Just just one pull. Just no problem. <laughs> like I started it for the first time last year in like ten years. And it just was like pop, 
so I knew today I was like, this thing's just going to go Yeah, right away, boom. And I'm watching my, I do mine, and I'm, I'm in the house, and I look across, and I see my neighbor finally come out. And he has one of those, like, the electric, uh, electric with the electric cord and shit. one. Ring, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I was like, hey, Mateo, we're going to set the timer on this guy, see how long <laughs> it takes for him to do it. Bro, he got like three, like one quarter of the way done. And then, like, I guess the other neighbor felt bad for him. He sent his kids out there, like, go to, shovel go, this to, guy's go, to go help him. Yeah, but it still took an hour. This is the homie that sold you the RV? Yeah. Oh, wow. I would have gone out there. I literally just got inside from like two and a half hours, just sopping wet. And I was like, ah, oh, man. Now feeling going back out? Yeah. Sucks to suck, bro. I was just going to let him go a little bit and see how it went. And then I saw that the other neighbors sent the kids over. I was like, all right. All right. I'm going to hang out and drink a beer in the house. Just close the drapes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a beer in the house bad. I figured I was wrong with my blower. Because it was like, I couldn't. I couldn't get it to like push snow and and throw it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on with this? I, I sheared a pin oh, on the, one of the oh, drivers. Yeah. And I, I always kind of knew that was going to happen sometime. I've had the thing forever. And uh, finally, I'm looking at it. I, I had done part of the driveway, spent like almost three hours shoveling the motherfucker, dude. Shoveling which, is. Oh, my God, right now. Back, you have a sore back. Oh, I was the, like, I was doing full, like, squat, like. Yeah, ugh. in the form, right? Oh, man, my legs are so sore. Uh, I was, man. I, I don't want to blow my back out, bro. Yeah. It's no. been feeling good, man. I ain't trying to fuck that up, man. It's, once it goes, it goes, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I look down there, and I'm like, looks like something's missing. Free spin it. I'm like, oh, uh, my God. Go in the garage, you know? I, I don't got the right bolt, but I find a pin and a cotter pin, so I'm like, oh, perfect. Rig it all up, womp, 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 finish oh, it up. I'm like, oh, oh my nice. God, perfect timing. Would have taken me another hour. Yeah. But it was such a relief because I was like, man, I guess I got to do the side of the house. And yeah, dude, I, this shit it makes me grumpy now, man. I know, dude. You're all like, I, I love it. Like, I love, I love when it snows like nah. that and it's a snow day and get that, go outside I mean, and do it all. And you love it. You're a musher. It's so, stressful, man. I mean, you told us what, like, your snow bullshit was and i'm like oh city boy shit about it but you got dog bulls to find and willows to knock down and yeah four wheelers to pull out and you know it's just yeah you got to go put in the trail and you know make like go proof it so you're gonna spend Mm. some time doing that all this wet heavy snow brings all the trees down Mm -hmm. so you got knocked over trees and all the willows are yeah you know slumped over so you got to bushwhack and does it go slower on the ride because the sleds kind of peck up that snow, that wet snow? Yeah, it's a, you know, when it's soft, of course, you're going to be slower moving. Um, today, they cruise along pretty good, though. Um, so, it w- yeah, it wasn't too bad. They were they were moving along probably 9, 10 miles an hour or so. Nice. Um, just a quick couple shout-outs. If you're looking for a snowblower or something, go see the guys at Alaska Mining and Dive In. Mm. Um, they got and uh, AME and too. AME, yeah, one of those stores mm-hmm. right next to each other. There, they have the uh, <clears throat> the Honda Husqvarna, Husqvarna. Um, mm-hmm. several of the ones. And if you're not into doing that yourself, I know the other sponsor, Snow Pro. Um, called Justin up there, LawnProAK.com. I know he just got a whole bunch of new trucks. He has a whole fleet of oh, trucks, and trucks? he was looking yeah. for people to work too. So if you're looking to, uh, if you wanted to work, I mean that's a good part-time there to, to do hit that. Him up actually on that yeah it'd be probably be fun i was thinking about that this morning i was like it's probably a fun job those big big rigs 
don't know what they call those yellow ones. The city ones. Oh, the graders? Yeah, they're, they're sitting there in their T-shirt, just like oh, everyone yeah. moves out of your way. Yeah. Anyway, Long Pro, uh, 280-7098. Um, give them a call if you're trying to work or just get your stuff plowed. I know a lot of it's heavy yeah, good call. and tough to move. Um, mm-hmm. LongProAK.com. Well, and it's early. Like, I don't want to beat the snow thing down, but it's early. It's just November. Yeah. So we could we still have like four, like four or five months of really heavy snow months, and this was a hell of a start. Just it was good that they already had a holiday shoot. tomorrow for the students because they canceled. Right, like all the teachers we were supposed to have trainings tomorrow. They canceled all the trainings, so there's mm-hmm. no work tomorrow again. So they would have canceled to be school a again. Snow year, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, maybe this is like you know blows its wad out of the gate. Hopefully, I yeah. don't know, but. It happens. You're you're always going to get consistent snow up there, though, aren't? Yeah, it, it even there, you know. I guess the old um, kind of sourdough trick is to look at the height of the fireweed. Ah, and um, what's that? That's how high it, the snow is going to be. Yeah, oh, no, you know, doesn't it get taller when it's hot though? Tall, it, tall fireweed. They say big snow. You know, big snowfall year, and in, in the that. past two years. Um, it, it has been, Oh, it's, it's been, it's so it's beautiful. Been, it's been there. really tall fireweed yeah. this year. It was, um, it was short, you know, there was like three feet. Yeah. You know, tall fireweed. I, I didn't, I didn't notice a fireweed like crazy out by the highways this year. Yeah. It was, it was pretty short. So, you well, know, and then El Nino or something, right? Yeah. And then he said, so there's that. And then I guess reports say, yeah, El Nino, you know, warm and low snow, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, well, it's a lot of snow now. Yeah, starting off. I, I would say though that it, it's a good base. Mm. Oh it's yeah, a great base for great base skiing and snow machining, and it's I mean, wet the, and heavy. It's gonna all set the up all like the trails in town. They're all gonna be have a nice pack, and so all the snow from here is oh yeah only gonna be it'll set know, up pr- like concrete. Money. I yeah. just well, wish like things were frozen. <coughs> oh, beforehand, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause now you're just going to be like fighting overflow and mm. yeah, water, and it's good. It's going to take a while now. Like for things, things were just starting to freeze, but didn't get like rock hard. Yeah, no, we exactly. didn't have any like ten degree nights for a week. So like all those swamps and the lakes and everything like that. You know, they the snow insulates and mm-hmm. then takes a little longer to freeze up. But yeah, yeah. I was um, yeah, because I was looking at a property. I meant to call you out there in Willow area. Um, Went out there with Bootsy and walked a couple lots I've been looking yeah. at. Where at? Off of uh, Fish Fishhook Road up there up by Hatcher's Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but where it was, like one side was really nice and the other side was still like wet and swampy. I was like, oh, I don't know if this is probably swampier more in the summer than it was like a week ago. Um, but I know that my brother's been helping you out yeah. out there at the new spot. I was like, oh, it's cool that Eddie's out here. But you're not there, right? You're before there? So, yeah, I am... I'm about right after Hatcher's Pass, Polaris. Okay. Um, yeah, right when you're getting into Willow, right before town site. Yeah. So how'd that all come in place? Um, it's probably well, a long story, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess as far as me going out on my own. Yeah. Well, we got a lot, of, lot to unpack. So let's just let's just do it. Because we'll there's been a it. lot of stuff that's happened in the last year with you. Yeah. So yeah. I, I finished Iditarod, had a great Iditarod, great mushroom Rook, season. Rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eventful Iditarod. 
Eventful, I did a rod. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but uh, just an overall really good season, you know? Great experience, right? Yeah. I, I won the Connect 200, mm-hmm. big mid-distance race. Um, went to the uh, Cusquim 300, you know, which is most competitive, you know, premier mid-distance race of the world. Yep. Um, went and took third there, and then going into I did a rod. Um, I was feeling good and was had yeah my sights set on rookie of the year top ten you know those were those were my goals and we ended up pulling that off um, so I was extremely happy with my season and we uh, I talked with um, Aaron and Tony who I was you know partnered up with and um, you know. Tony and I had plans to continue, you know, continue training dogs and you were going to kind of come take and, take and, over or, or yeah, and um, and that that was kind of the you know the the plan was for me to continue to be the racer and represent the kennel and keep things moving and um, but you know I guess Aaron had maybe different plans mm. um, there at the end of it, you know, and. Um, so I, I decided to, you know, go my go my separate ways and uh, start my own kennel. So, uh, with his support, yeah, I mean, you know, things are things are fine. Cool. Um, yeah, you know, I, I talk to Tony all the time. Things are we we have a really cl- close relationship. Sure. And um, he's your protege, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he he's he was a great mentor and all mm-hmm. that. So. Um, I still keep in touch with him. He's a good friend. And so, yeah, I, you know, basically we're at April, you know, when this was decided. So I only have, you know, I got to be, I, I have to have dogs, have established property, cabin, equipment, gear, everything by September 1st. So from, to qualify. from April to September 1st. If I wanted to have my own kennel, I knew it was like it was crunch time. I yeah, needed to, the balls. I need to get a property. I need mm-hmm. to get build a cabin. I need to put in a dog yard. Got to build dog houses. I got to get all the equipment. You know, I need meat saws, and I need you know just dog bowls and houses, and you know the the lumber poles and, and spinners. I mean, and all of just, it. Just you know, the list goes on and on. Um, that you know, for what it takes to run a kennel. And, and summer's your work time, right? That's yeah, so I'm working a full-time job. Um, so with the help of McKenna Brothers, who's a big sponsor of mine, also my employer, um, I was able to acquire some property, and I built a cabin, and um, I acquired dogs. I got 20 dogs um, from two different kennels. And then... Um, yeah, that's that's basically. The, so why the September first? Because that, September first is when we start training. Okay, no, there's not like an inspection or if you no, want to be on the like races. That. No, it's just like if I'm going to be doing this, I have to be set up, and everything needs to be up and running by September first. That was like, like a deadline you put on it. Yeah, based on how you how a kennel is properly run, correct seasonally, and getting your dogs. Yep. Yeah. rolling yep yeah. so i ended up being like two days late 
September 3rd was when Ooh. I hooked up and and uh, started running the dogs. So um, it was a stressful, hectic summer, and I'm still not done. Like, Oh, I'm sure you're never going to be done. You know, uh, I'm still hauling water to the cabin. Like, I got <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, I was living in, like, a plywood shack there for a while. No power. Yeah. No electricity. Um, Doing it right, though. But, yeah, I was roughing it. And, <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining either, you know. I, yeah. I, I, I think it's just I enjoyed the story, it, bro. And um, it's been, it's been a, 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 an enjoyable process, but extremely stressful as well. I bet. Um, but been making it happen. And the, sure. the dogs are doing great. They're, um, <clears throat> as far as training goes, you know, I'm basically at the same stage of training I was last year. You know, mm. I might I might be a couple of days behind, but I mean nothing major to like you know, um, set a dog team back or yeah. anything like Still that. Still on schedule. I'm I'm on schedule. The dogs are prime and healthy. And did you get to keep any of the dogs from the old team? No, um, I had one dog that I um, purchased. So I guess kind of right before I did a rod, I was short. I was short two dogs. Mm. Um, I had a small group of dogs to work with from the get-go. I really only had about 16 dogs to start my training season with. Most people at least have like 24 to 20 oh, wow. at, at a minimum, okay. you know, a, a pool of, you know, A-string race dogs. Yeah, because yeah the you're roster gonna, narrows down toward you, the end, Yeah, you're right? going to have little nicks and dings and things like that. And, um, you know, little things might come about. So you want to have that pool of dogs to work with because you need 14 healthy dogs to start the race with. So all season long, I had about 16. And I kept those 16 dogs really healthy and um, all the way up until just about February. And then I had a couple little nicks and dings and things like that where I was like, man, I, I got to start looking for some spare dogs. So I started making some phone calls and um, I called – uh, Jesse Holmes, who, mm. who's, uh, he's on Life Below Zero. Um, Are they pop. still filming that show? Yeah. It is? He's, oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's a top, top musher. Um, one of the, one of the best to be doing it. Um, and he's got incredible dogs. And he was very willing to, like, help me out. He mm. was like, yep, I got, I got, he goes, well, the, our first conversation, he was like, well, I'll give you my worst dog out of my uh out of my like my race pool and i was like all right i'll take them that got me thinking like what's what's like the criteria what are you like looking at when you're gonna go buy a dog are you looking at like a certain position so there's like are you choosing different dogs or different positions in the yeah in the, i mean um, if you're looking for like a lead dog specifically then you know uh Things are going to be a little bit different, but uh, you know, I was just looking for a good, honest team dog mm. and experienced. So, in, oh, yeah, the right age. Well, and all that. He, he wasn't even experienced. He'd never even oh. raced before. Oh, he never even been to a race. He was mm. he was two years old, so he's young. You know, he's yeah, not even really fully matured. Um, and but he said he saw potential in him, but he still needed a lot of work. And uh, he has so many dogs to work with, you know, so it's kind of hard for him to, I think, really just focus on one dog when, hey, mm -hmm. I got, like, 
you know, I got 19 more that are. Yeah, especially if he's a practice squad dog, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So yeah, he's like on the farm <laughs> farm team, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Got the call up. He's in the minors. Yeah, he's in the minors. And then uh, here comes Eddie, and yeah, calls him up to the big leagues. So, <laughs> I, you know, I guess as far as what I look for in a and dog, he ran that Diderot. Yeah, he did, and he finished. Wow. And uh, which is, you know, he never even raced before two years old. Finished I did a rod in the top ten, seventh place. You know, it's like that's crazy. Incredible dog. Never missed a beat. Um, the yeah. real the real rookie of the year just rose oh, yeah. to the occasion. <laughs> yeah, no, the dog's a machine. What's like, his name? It, it, Red Dog. Oh, Red wow. Dog. He's big, handsome. But yeah, I guess as far as attributes that I look for, you know, you you want a nice build, so you're looking at their frame, their physique, um, you know, bone structure, things like that. We're talking about dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you know, of course, like a real framey. Yeah. <laughs> Curves, baby. Uh, <laughs> they they got to have um, a really nice coat as well. You know, good coat, good feet. Um, and then there's the physical things, you know, the appetite. That's really important to me, the attitude. Mm. Um, I like a I like a dog with a good attitude, high energy. Yeah. Um, you know, just happy to be there, happy to sure. run. Yeah. So um, he had all these qualities, so I really liked him. So I ended up purchasing him after uh, I did a rod. And um, so that was like the real first sled dog that I ever bought. Yeah, that was yours. That was mine, yeah. yeah. So I took him. Okay. And then I went out and I basically scrounged together like the best group of dogs that I possibly could. Okay. And I, I think I did a good job. And... Um, you know, I, I'm working with what I could get. Sure. And I think they're turning it into a pretty pretty special special group. So I think we'll be competitive. Okay. And you have a lead dog? Yep. Is it Red Dog? Uh, Red Dog is one of the leaders. Yeah, he, he's uh, never really ran lead before. I've been working with him in lead this year. And um, he's developed into, like, a really good lead dog. Way um, cool, man. So, yeah, he's come he's come a long ways. I've put a lot of work into him. And um, it's it's shown. So does he get to ride in the truck with you and shit too? Yeah, he'll he'll uh, he lived with me in Anchorage um, all summer. So okay, like, or for most of the summer. Oh, you guys got a bond. And, and so like he was uh, he was a house dog. He's tearing up my yard, <laughs> fucking mm. pissing off the neighbors. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you know, like, we need to go out and live in the woods, Dad. Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> No, like he was happy to. He was just like you know wherever Dad's at, I'm cool. But like you could tell, he was he was like I don't know about this city life. Yeah, <laughs> He's just <That's> wrecking <laughs> havoc. <laughs> so many smells and yeah. Well, I bet you can't. You don't have as much time to exercise them too, right? Yeah, um, you know we did a lot of walks <laughs> and things like that, but it's, it's not really cutting it. You know for. Uh, yeah, uh, high performance. Yeah, yeah right. he wants to roll. Yeah. He wants to rip. Well, I'm thinking because I got I got a puppy. She's like six months now, mm -hmm. and I'm like the opposite of what you want. Because as we're walking, like I don't want her to pull. I'm like trying to get her to not pull. Don't pull. Don't pull. And you're probably like pull, motherfucker, pull. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like the interesting thing. You know, they they know when they're on a leash. I mean, it it takes work, of course, um, but a lot of them they like figure it out. Okay, we're going on a walk. Like 
I'm I'm not in harness. Like it's not gotcha. time to work. Yeah, mm. you know. So you it's casual. Them, yeah, you can get them just to kind of walk around and like I had them where my you know 11 year old daughter was walking them. So nice. Yeah, he wasn't dragging around or nothing. What's some of the other dog names? You always got like the best dog names. Oh <laughs> shit! So <laughs> there's you know of course there's like litter themes. Um, so there's like the Viking kind of Nordic. So there's like Odin, Ragnar, Loki. <laughs> Sweet. Um, then there's uh, there's some uh, like just human names like Jerry. <laughs> 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 and then there's like some some different ones, you know, like Ventana, and hmm. um, there's a. Uh, I don't know. Old Jerry, huh? Yeah, Old Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> when you get the dog, are they named, or you name them? So um, these dogs were all named since I I got them from you know uh, different. different kennels and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they were all named. But yeah, what, what's uh, we've talked about this before? But refresh my memory on like the age criteria. You mentioned Red Dog was two. Yep. Do they so, at least need to be a year old? In order to even get them going, or to this so, two kind of like, like the baseline, I'd say for racing, mm. two two to three years old is like the earliest you'd want to start like racing them. You can do, you know, if they're yearlings, or one to two years old, and you want to take them to a race and do it at a real casual level, you know, like call it a puppy schedule, mm. oh. and like. That's that's great. You know, they get the experience. They get to go through the motions. You probably pull over, take extra rest, break up the longer runs, things like that. Um, but as far as, like, competitively racing uh, a one- to two-year-old dog, you're probably not going to benefit that dog for its future, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, those first couple of years, you want to make it fun, positive. Mm. Um, plus, their bodies aren't fully developed as well. So, you know, you don't want to go and go balls of the wall, you know, and then you have a dog that's not fully developed and it's kind of, this is their first experience, you know, to racing and it, it can kind of be. It might know, shock them a little bit. Yeah. They may can, not, not uh, respond long term, right? For sure. Or there could be, you know, you go to a future race and it's like, okay, I know where we're at now. So I'm going to give like 80% now. Mm. And oh. then you might only get about 80% from that dog for the rest of its life. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. What's the new kennel name? Off the Rails. Off, Off the, the rails. rails. Yeah. So it's kind Damn. of a joke. So um, as you guys know, I fell off my sled on Iditarod on my birthday. Going down the Yukon oh, River. It was on your birthday. Yep. Yeah, it was my birthday night. So... Um, it's on the Yukon River on my way to Eagle Island. This is uh, on the tr- race. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I think got to 35 below that night. Burr. We were having a great run, too. Um, but, you know, we're deep into the race. It's nighttime. You know, it's late. I don't it's know. been a long day. It's It's been a long several days, <laughs> yeah. you know, because at this point – I don't know, Eagle Island, I think you're probably somewhere around like 600, 700 miles in the race or 600, mm. something like that. 
Um, so you're deep in it. and um, It's really a grind at that time, isn't it? Yeah. And so, and I had some other, like, situations that have happened where, like, I wasn't able to really take care of myself and sleep that well. And so, I mean, I was going off very minimal, minimal amount of sleep. So as soon as, like, it would get dark, I mean, my body's just, like, shutting down. I'm nodding off, and then it's just kind of like you you fight through it, mm-hmm. and then finally, like, you'll work through it, and then you'll be up and at it. And Is it almost like driving tired? Yeah. Because it's hard, you know? Once you yeah. start getting tired, it's Once like... Once you start going, Okay, like, I got to pull over. You start or, pulling those hairs. Yeah. Yeah. Just open, uh, all, open all the windows. Just <laughs> 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 no, it, it, it's just like that, you know? So you, It's you know. quiet on the trail, right? It's extremely just, quiet. Just, like there was no headlamps. Just along. You know, and you got to imagine, like you know, I you, you start the race, and you know, at my first checkpoint, I got maybe about thirty minutes of sleep, and then, you know, you go to the next one. I got about another thirty minutes or so, and then you know, I guess this continues to go on. And you get to your twenty-four hour break, but you gotta care for dogs, and you gotta wake up, and they're on a feeding program, and you have to feed it's them. It's just and, a series of naps, and, 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 it, and it's, it's just, not really like sleep. It's she's really, uh, yeah, it's just naps, you know, these little micro naps. It's like Vegas. So it's kind of like, dude, <laughs> it's like Vegas, but no women. Well, and <laughs> without all the bright no lights. <laughs> yeah, no heat. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, you, you got to imagine uh, I probably averaged about an hour to two hours of sleep a day. So just imagine working all day. Like, let's say you work 22 hours. You get two hours of sleep, wake up, work 22 hours, two hours of sleep. Jeez. And, and just continue. By day three, you're just. Continue to do that. And, and like, keep in mind that you're outside. You're working outside. Oh, man. And yeah. you're in the cold all day long. You like are. Most people, energy. Most people go out in the cold for, you know, three, four hours, and they're, like, Ooh, fucking man. zonked, you yeah. know? They're, like. Yeah, I feel exhausted, you know. Oh yeah. Um, so just imagine doing that over and over and over for nine days, and um, you know you're gonna get to the point where your body is is just fucking shutting down. Yeah, and like you don't have control over full it, exhaustion. Really. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like you know, I, I I was on the Yukon, and I'm you know I just wasn't really thinking much of it. And I'm just nodding off, and I'm swinging my leg, and I'm trying to, you know, stay awake, and I'm running next to my sled a little bit. And yeah. I hop back on, and, like, I just, you know, doze off without really knowing. And uh, my foot fell off the runner board, and I tripped and stumbled, and I fell. And there goes my dog team, and I'm like, whoa, guys, easy, you know? And they're all looking back at me like, what, what the fuck are you doing back there, you know? <laughs> they're they're slowing down, you know? But I'm getting up, and I'm running, and I'm like, hey, guys, easy, easy, slow down, whoa. And they're just trickling along, but it's, I'm, I'm, it's still not, they're not slowing down to the point where I can catch, catch them, yeah. you know? Mm. 
And yeah, because they don't just like yeah. stop, right? And then so now there's no resistance on the sled or anything like that, and it's just kind of easy. Oh, because you have a thing if you fall, it like sets a break. No, like a right? lot of guys will tie themselves off to their sled, and like that was something that I didn't do. Like, and that's just lack of experience on my part. Tie yourself off because yeah, like like around your attach way, like, yourself to like the a sled tether. Somehow. Yeah, like a tether, you know. Um, you know, up until I did a rod, the longest race I ever did was 440 miles. And, like, I, you know, that race took three days. I didn't sleep for three days. Mm. I was fine. You yeah. know, I was like, I can stay up for three days mm-hmm. straight, race, race my ass off. Yeah. I mean, I'm exhausted by the end of it. You're but, focused and dialed the whole time, though. But, like, I can keep it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but with I did a rod, you know, just being nine days. Um, it was just a different level. So I didn't even think of like tying myself off. I guess maybe I was like a little, you know, careless. I was a little You're content, full you know, race mode and, you know, uh, lapse in judgment there. And you, know, you said lack of experience. I mean, yeah. And lack of experience, you know, and so it's cool to be honest about that. And, um, you know, so I fell off and, and there goes my dog team. And yeah, like I said, they, they started to slow down, but then I, I said my leader's name. And uh, and I had Dudley, Dudley in lead, and I was like, Dudley. And I was trying to get his attention, like, where he stopped the team. And, man, he, like, acted like, you know, I was calling him up. And, like, dude, he stretched that team out. And oh, really? Gone. Oh, oh no. He thought it was like, good boy, go. He like, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it did the exact opposite. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and uh, he took off. And they were hauling ass, and they were they ran all the way to the Eagle Island checkpoint. So I, at this point, I was about eighteen miles from the checkpoint. So like I was getting pretty close, you know, to getting to the checkpoint. And um, this is a really long stretch. There's no village or anything like that. Um, Eagle Island is just a um, a couple of tents. Mm. And that's all there a is. A little there. pop-up camp for the race, and yep. that's it. Yeah. And so. You had to walk that whole 18 miles? So I walked for about, oh, I walked for two, I think an hour, a good hour. And then another musher came by, and he was like, who's that? Oh, yeah. I'm like, hey, it's Eddie. He's like, who? And I'm like, dude, the fucking dog musher. <laughs> Where's your dogs? My, I lost my dog team. <laughs> oh, that must and have been so, embarrassing. Huh? Uh, he was like, oh, man. I was like, hey. Uh, I go, I don't think they could have gotten far, you know. I figured, like, my sled would tip over. And oh, then, and like, slow them down. Uh-huh. As soon as the little resistance happened, then they'll, you know. Or they up. don't hear your voice for a while or something. Yeah, right? you know, so it's like I figured something would happen to keep keep them from going on. And... He was like, all right, yeah, my team's just kind of crawling along anyways. And so he told me to hop on. And so I was like, all right, cool. Appreciate it. Thank you, you know. And so we hop on. We're kicking and pumping. And then. Do you, like, go on the other side of the yeah, back? Yeah, so we're, like. You're not, like, in the sled. We're, like, each on the <laughs> I'm just envisioning him just, like. Hey. <laughs> we're <yeah>. nuts about <laughs> I just thought you were, like, riding there with just cheesing. Just no, for so the we're, like, each standing on a runner. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, we're kicking and going along. Kind of like two dudes riding a snow machine? Yeah. Yeah. And so he, like, but then there's, like, headlamps behind us, you know? I could kind of. Guys are catching up. I could see him kind of getting anxious, you know? 
And I'm like, oh, he's like, you're slowing me down, bro. Yeah, and well, they were actually moving along really good too. And I was like, man, they don't seem to be crawling like they look good. And he was like, well, they haven't been doing this. And I was like, oh, it's oh, probably just like the other person back here, the excitement, you know, change of voice or whatever. Yeah, you know. some different energy back there. Yeah, yeah. And so the dogs like were perked up and they were charging along. But then I kind of think like the wheels were turning for him and he's like uh i got people coming dog team's like perked up like, yeah let's ditch the dead weight yeah <laughs> so um you know i was like hey i can get off and he was like yeah i think that'd probably be best and um how many like, miles did you guys get I, I so i was on his sled for about like probably 20 30 minutes Okay, so five miles. So he was probably thinking, "Oh, I'm just gonna take him up a little bit and yeah. we'll find this dog." And then, and then he's like, "Where are these things?" Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're like twenty, thirty minutes into it, and so I was like, "Yeah, like," and you know, like we've all worked really hard to get oh, just yeah, to yeah. Iditarod, and then plus, yeah. like, we're in a top ten, you know, like, and we're late in the race, and we're in the top ten, and like this is where the race really starts to like shake out okay and so it's like this is the time to like turn it on and and mm -hmm. be competitive and this is where like moves are made you know so um you know i was i i completely understand like you know he's got goals and yeah you know yeah. so like uh you know i'm not trying to affect anyone's race so i was like yeah no worries well, and collectively the decision isn't like this is a life threatening situation yeah. necessarily like yeah like can, i was like i can walk i'm fine dude and he was like all right you know cool okay yeah and then plus i saw the other headlamps and um you know i mean it was 35 below uh but you know whatever i'm dressed for it mm -hmm. did you stop the next person and be like hey and uh the next guy comes up and he was actually my main competition for rookie of the year and uh his name's hunter keith and he was just like, hey, hop on. And he was like super energetic. And oh, that's cool. Fucking, he was having a great time. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll just take you all the way to the checkpoint if we don't come across your dogs. Yeah. He was like, I don't care. And, like, his dog team was, like, on fire too. So oh, they didn't awesome. slow down a bit. And um, they were they were cruising along. So He, he was just the guy you needed. Yeah. <laughs> dude, he was my hero. Well, um, and I, I was thinking – remembering the story reading that um hold that thought but that he uh he can he can appreciate everything where you're at and how you got to where you are being rookies mm. like we, we made it yeah and then here you are a fellow rookie competition but at the same time really like sled dog brethren and you know yeah i, I think it's cool like it feels like you guys want to see each other succeed a hundred percent. And you know? there, you know, there's, that was like one of the big stories of the, of, of the race, you know, um, just that, that sportsmanship. Looking out for each other, sportsmanship. Yeah. You know, and like, he's a definition of a, a true sportsman because he had a lot on the line, a lot to lose, you know, like mm -hmm. he could have, you know, he was right there for rookie of the year. Um, he was right there for top 10, things like that. So, you know, um, he was willing to like, put his race on hold mm. to help me out and get me to the checkpoint. And like, I was super, super thankful for that. And, um, yeah, he, he's, he's a true definition of a sportsman. Yeah, what a stand up dude for doing that. And, uh, but you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of that on the race and it's, it's pretty cool. Like there's guys helping out 
you know that was like one of the big stories a lot of the other little stories get lost you know <laughs> but people's sleds break and people are like hey take, yeah. take my extra sled or here's an extra part or yeah. here's yeah. runner plastic or like you know whatever the case may be you know like people are pretty helpful the Alaska thing. dog dog care stuff or yeah whatever. Mm-hmm. yeah people are pretty helpful out there that's um, awesome so yeah that was cool to see like because you know i didn't really know what to expect especially up in that top group right you know, everybody's like they could have get cutthroat, and guys are like, "Yeah, oh, so long, sucker." Yeah. <laughs> you know, give you the finger and go. Right. And like, you know, I had one musher, and like, and like I said, I totally get it. You know, he he was like, "Hey, sorry, man, like I can't take you." Yeah, I was like, "No worries, yeah. I get it." Because yep. like, once again, we've all put so much work in to be there, and to you know, we've set goals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and... Um, You're all about that schedule, man. It's a lot of time, a lot of money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something like that could set you back one place, but that one place is can be a lot, you know. It can be a few grand or whatever, so... So you get to Eagle Island. Yeah. The dogs are chilling, waiting for you. Yeah, they're just hanging out. So um, who retrieved them when they rolled into town or rolled into the camp? Yeah, so they came in they came in the side of the checkpoint. It wasn't a town, but um, Dallas CV spotted them. They they were coming into side of the checkpoint, so Dallas CV drove them and parked them in. Um, and like for those who don't know, um, Dallas wasn't racing. He's a f- well, he's a five time Iditarod champion. Yep, and um, arguably one of the best to. To, ever do it to ever stand on the runners was he just uh, holding down that camp so yeah he was just kind of traveling throughout the trail he had a dog team in the race um so he was just kind of following along and mm. and uh, doing his thing so he he actually parked the team and you know of course they're not allowed to do any like the dog care or the feeding or anything like that he just simply secured the team and that was it walked mm. away from him um, and then they just kept an eye on him from a distance and, um, waited till I got there. And so once I got there, you know, I, I, I had to go through all the dogs, you know, they've been running unattended for like 18 miles, you know, and overall everybody was, was, was good and healthy. They were a little spooked, you know, just from being out on their own. Mm. Um, so there was definitely like a decline in attitude and, um, mm. demeanor. Um, just from, yeah, once again, being out on their I'm own. I'm sure that goes for everybody on the team, including you. Just yeah. <laughs> just, everybody's looking at each other like, like whoa, 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 sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're like, there you are. You guys ready for a freshie? Yeah. Freshie? I was going to take a freshie? break and get one. Oh, well, we can no, okay. finish that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, they're looking at me like I abandoned them. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, guys, like hey. this. That's not exactly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, they're She's dogs. leave us like that in the middle of the race? <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I I definitely had to do, like, some um, some reassuring there of, like, getting the bond and the trust back and attitudes up. And so that, that, that right there. Do you lick there, them? <laughs> not quite, but... <laughs> Just give them all an individual kiss on the lips. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> but uh, I love you. I love you. But yeah, something like that. Yeah, I do love a dog kiss. Yeah, 
a lot of happy talk. And um, so, yeah, they were getting spoiled with love for a bit. And, you know, they, they ended up turning it around and... and uh, Some short-term, short-term memory. And yeah, <laughs> you know, they started to perk perk right back up and like, okay, we're, we're back with dad. We're doing our thing. Like we're traveling down the trail. Like, okay, all's good. You know, it mm-hmm. was just getting to that checkpoint. So, you know, of course I was a little tired. I was like, all right, I'm going to lay down for like, I, I spent a lot of time with my dogs, you know, just going through them, checking out. Was injuries. that the 24 hour? No. So this was just a regular layover. Okay. You know, I could, it would it's be up to, you. Up, up to me. Yeah. So, I spent a lot of time going through the dogs, injuries, checking checking them out, being pretty thorough. And I knew there was definitely – there was three that were questionable. And out of that three, I knew there was one that I needed to uh, leave behind at that checkpoint. Oh, and, wow. Um, so after I went through them, I was like, all right, I need to at least get like an hour of sleep. So I went and I laid down. And, of course, it's so cold that the propane – Heaters mm. are froze up, so yep. there was absolutely zero heat. So um, I was like, this is stupid. And I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, other people were complaining, like, ah, oh, when's the heat? Like, woo, you know, and I'm like, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm dipping. Yeah. And uh, so I just got back on the trail and, and left. And uh, Wide made, awake by then. Made my way to Caltech. Yeah. yeah. And then we, we. One dog less, though. One dog less, and then I dropped the other one there in Caltag. Mm. And then um, the other questionable one, I dropped it at the next checkpoint. So, you know, I was, you know, you, you always want to be, like, careful. You know, you never want to, like, put them on the red line or anything like that, of course. So um, just when those, like, minor things start to show up and you start to see it, then, like, that's the time to drop a dog. You shut them so, down. Mm. Yeah. So there was a couple of things like I knew, like, okay, I can massage this out. This is a little sore shoulder or whatever. And then I walk them around before the checkpoint, you know, before I leave the checkpoint. And oh, and if they're not, if they if, if got a limp or, or yeah, yeah okay. it's like, okay, well, I put some liniment on and, you know, massaged them and like, okay, we worked out that knot and like, they're good, you know, and mm. walk them around and they're not showing any signs and like, I'll take that dog. But if there's like a minor stiffness or something like that, then where it didn't seem like they'll work out of it. Or if you know you have, like, a really long run coming up, mm. it's not, like, a risk you're willing to take, you know, because yeah. then that dog's got to go in the basket. And there's also the long-term effects, you know. You don't want to, you know, cause Yeah, because their, their health and well-being is always number one, right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's you're, you're never, like, just, like, focused on, oh, it's just this race because, you know, we always have next year with them. These these dogs race, you know, from the ages of two to, you know, up to nine. So it's a long nine. game approach so with them, keep mm-hmm. them healthy. Hundred percent. You know, their health is yeah, always comes first. Um, and you got more dogs, and if you don't, there's more races. Yeah. Yep. Let's take a quick break. Let's do it. Barney's Sports Chalet, supplying hunters and outdoor enthusiasts with the highest quality gear and equipment since they opened their doors in 1963. 
Barney's carries exclusive brands such as Alpaca Rafts, Sitka Sims, Exo Mountain Gear, Hilleberg, and much more. Barney's prides themselves with keeping a huge stock on hand of various top-of-the-line tents, footwear, sleeping bags, optics, cross-country skis, just to name a few. Barney's is also the exclusive retailer of Montana Knives, Seek Outside, Kafaru, Stone Glacier, and their in-house brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska. Barney's has a superior selection of top-rated boots, sleeping bags, dry bags, mountaineering gear, electronics, and accessories. Need freeze-dried food or mountain snacks? They got that too. Barney's now has an amazing new paperback catalog available for in-store pickup or online order. Visit them today at barneysports.com, or even better, stop by the store in Anchorage at 906 West Northern Lights. If you want the best, there's only one name in the game, Barney's Sports Chalet. Alaska Mining and Diving Supply, located in Anchorage for 47 years, has expanded three stores. The main store, the largest Skidoo sled dealer in North America, also has Can-Am, Sea-Doo, Climb, Suzuki Outboards, Honda Outboards, Generators and Snowboards, Kingfisher Boats, and so much more. Alaska Motorsports and Equipment just next door, which was previously Anchorage Suzuki Arctic Cat, for all your Arctic Cat, Suzuki ATV, Asvarna, Generac, Mahindra Tractor, and now Argo Pro and Sasquatch needs. And to round it out, also next door, the brand new Alaska Mining Superstore for the largest selection of recreational and light commercial mining equipment anywhere, period. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaska public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to engagement with boots on the ground projects from Kotzebue to Ketchikan. BHA performs public land cleanups, hunting and fishing clinics, and community education to help take your game to the next level. BHA's community-minded goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping wild lands wild and fostering the next generation of sportsmen and women for years to come. Make sure to follow BHA Alaska for upcoming events, local brewery pint nights, and more. Stand up for Alaska public lands and waters by supporting the Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Join us today at backcountryhunters.org. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. When you pull up to the Treehouse, you'll notice the beautifully hand-drawn art by Alaska's own Ted Kim. Once you get inside, you're going to see many of the same people that have been there since they opened. The bud tenders know you and what you like and what new product you should be checking out. The store is super clean and the music's always on point. The Treehouse and local owner Josh Boots is a staple in the cannabis culture through his music, community givebacks, and a lifetime desire to bring the people of Alaska the best products available. The Treehouse always has at least 25 strains available, and they're all shown prominently deli style in clear, openable jars so you can see and smell your options. Other products include edibles, concentrates, vape carts, pre-rolls, flour, dab rigs, and anything else you need, they got it. They also have some pretty sick merchandise for sale. Check out thetreehouseak.com, or better yet, stop by the Treehouse today and get started on their loyalty program. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store, the Treehouse, where the culture lives. Is, okay, maybe not the the ones that you're going to work with other dogs with, and yeah, no, I I, I think like the mushing community has a tremendous amount of great people in it and i think for the most part we all get along and we're all buddies and um you know and of course like not everybody's everyone's cup of tea 
No, uh, I mean that's naturally uh, gonna in your competition. And there's so. there's some that are yeah a little competitive, so they're like you know like yeah yeah. You mentioned something earlier on uh, the nine day. We're not gonna be friends, bro. Yeah, no, the, yeah. Ni- the nine day thing. But it got me wondering because the Iditarod has been around for a long time, and it used to be like a twenty day race. Yeah. So obviously things have gotten better. Equipment's gotten better. Dog care's gotten better. Um, strategy's probably gotten better. So was it, do you think in your opinion, was it more difficult to run the race, you know, 20 years ago when it was taking 20 days? Dude, those guys were, those guys were animals. So. I mean, if you go two hours, of sleep, like just the sleep thing that you were mentioning was, because this is still the same, you um, know, like pace, right? So back then, there, there wasn't, the trail wasn't anywhere, you know, near what it is today. Like, so, mm. you know, we, we have guys that go out ahead of us and put in a dog trail, you know. Um, like essentially groom some, it? Some sections, not, not necessarily groom it. They leave the groomers, I think. I think they take groomers all the way to Rainy Pass. Oh, okay. That's like down the gorge. That's all the only way like to, the first quarter of the track. All the way to Rome. Right. And okay. then from there, it's like just snow machines. And But there are certain villages and stuff where um, we travel through that are just highly trafficked, you know. So, like, there's a lot of snow machine traffic. So, it, it, there's a trail, established trail year-round. There's mm-hmm. some areas of the, of the race that aren't, you know, that have no village traffic. Pretty just um, open country? Yeah, it's just in the middle of nowhere. Um, so you'll have, like, the the trail crew who's, like, a day ahead or something, you know, going and punching in a trail. And okay. maybe they were there, like, a month ago and try to establish a base. But, you know, usually you can, you can factor in that, like, those sections of trail are going to be soft and slow and punchy. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so those guys, you know, back in like the seventies, you know, they no trail. They were only running during the day. They didn't have headlamps. Mm. You know. Like and the ones that they did Middle have were daylight, like huge yeah. and whatever. So like they're pulling over, they're making a fire to melt their snow and so there's like some of those <coughs> I guess technology advancements you know that have taken place and then well, everything just took so much longer yeah to and then do anything and then you got gear and like these guys were hauling like freight slids you know with heavy like, oh. everything packed in them because i mean you needed your you needed everything you know yeah. i mean it, coffee percolator lantern yeah like just so heavy, bulky stuff <laughs> made of yeah. metal yeah <laughs> nothing was light and compact back then yeah but but do you now so are it, able to it, put stuff at certain places in advance? So yeah, now where they didn't do that now, before. Yeah, now they're okay. well. They had checkpoints, but you know some of that was real limited, and they're hauling a lot of supplies and things like that. So you know now, you know all of our drop bags are flown out to you know each individual checkpoint. All of our gears there, so we're able mm-hmm. to re. Refuel, restock, or yeah, air support makes it a lot easier than versus carrying sure. a twenty days worth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there's definitely like there's these kind of, I guess, um, I don't know. On one hand, it, it's it, they had it tough for sure, 
And then on the other hand, like racing at that highly competitive, fast paced level is extremely tough as well. And like, we're still going through, you know, the heart of the race, like the trail's the same. Mm. We're still going through like some of the rough, mm-hmm. roughest and rugged terrain that Alaska, that's changed. Alaska has to offer. And yeah. then you throw in a storm, like, yeah, or a big blow with whiteout conditions, and yeah, yeah, and then the, like Can't that's the where trail. that's where it really gets tough, you know. Um, and like we ended up having that leaving White Mountain. Um, a lot of veteran mushers said it was the worst that they ever seen it. Whoa, through through the hills, so like they were calling of wind up to seventy miles an hour, Ooh. and uh, so that that was quite the experience to to drive a dog team through those hills. And uh, with the wind wind blowing like that. No, so it was daylight. Okay. And then, you know, going along the coast and making my way to Nome, like, it was was a ripping. Oh, so that's toward the end of the race? Yeah, leaving White Mountain. White Mountain's the last, well, it's basically the last checkpoint. There's safety. Safety's in between Nome and White Mountain. And, but no one ever really stops there. Um Unless it's kind of an emergency, it's mm. twenty five miles outside of Nome. Oh, so might oh, as well so just, you just you're on step and go. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. so you're just kind of grinding it out at that point. Um, but yeah, leaving White Mountain, the wind was really picking up and really blowing, and you know, it's you're kind of on a side hill and you're going up and over these hills, and the the wind's coming at a crosswind and it's blowing you down the mountain, and it's like mm. it was really difficult to you know keep the sled upright and keep it tracking along up these hills without like pulling the dogs down with it. And of Mm. course, like it's, it's throwing you around. Like when you get those big gusts, it's enough to, you know, lift up the sled and blow you off the trail. And, um, so yeah, there, there was a few moments like that. And then once you drop down out of the hills and now you're out along the coast and the sea ice and all, um, it was, it was ripping down there too. But uh, I don't know. How much is it across the water? Uh, I don't know the exact mileage. But an estimate. That that you go across the sea ice. So I think leaving Chactulik, you go across the sea ice. I think on the way to Nome, you know, there's some sections as well. Um, A lot of it's at night. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? It's just okay. white uh, snow and ice. Yeah. But does it eventually now, like, because, you know, the way things are going, will it one day maybe not be frozen? And they're going to have to, like, move the trail? I don't know. It'd have to be, I guess we had global warming. We'll have to kick it up a few notches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that late into the winter but everything's rock solid. Yeah, and I mean, there's certain things like, you know, certain storms and wind and things like that can really move, like, the tide in and, mm-hmm. you know, affect the, the trail and cause these overflows or, mm. you know, what have you. Um, so there is an overland trail that they have taken in the past, you know, on certain years when they need to. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know if it'll ever consistently go to an overland trail mm. because, like, things just aren't freezing up. Yeah. Um, there just might not be a, a a race, you know. I mean, if, like, oh, right. the, you know. Yeah. If it's getting to that point, go, it might be other issues. Yeah, going across the, you know, 
the sound there and all that, like, if that's not frozen, then I guess a lot of other shit ain't going to be frozen. You know, the Yukon River <laughs> probably not frozen and, sure. yeah. you know, so mm. on. So, What would you say, in your opinion, is the sketchiest part of the trail and why? Um, You know, th- you can definitely see where the where the gorge. So the Dazelle Gorge is in the heart of the Alaska Range. And so that's where you crest over and you're starting to make your way down. And you're, you're like in this ravine and it's kind of a windy, steep descent. And then when you're at the bottom, there's a lot of these creek crossings and there's a lot of man-made bridges with open water under them. Oh. And they're narrow and the, they're around turns. And like one time it was such kind of a weird angle and sharp turn and, like, we almost went off, like, my sled almost didn't hit the bridge, you know? If, like, oh, I had to, like, like jump off. Like, the dogs run across, but... I, yeah, I had to jump off and, like, swing it around onto the bridge. I was like, holy shit, about to go, you know? And, of course, like, just it's, race shallow, over. <laughs> it's shallow water, you know? Um, but... Be a bitch to get it up out of there, though. But, yeah, right? going going through that, I had I was lucky enough to have, like, good snow conditions where I had good traction. I was able to break, things like that. Okay. Um, but there's been years where it's, like, straight gravel and ice. and Oh, like, there's not a lot of snow in there. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, and guys are just, like, I mean, it's like a fucking death adventure. Um, you know, white knuckle. They're on X Games mode. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, the, the, the next checkpoint's Roan and, like, I think it was 2014 was the year, and like I forget how many mushers came to that checkpoint with like just smashed up sleds, broken mm. bones. Oh shit! Um, you know, just ended up scratching out of the race right there, um, and not able to continue. The old Dalzell kicked their ass. Yeah, and Damn. then there's uh, there's the steps. Old Brooks Range, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, she'll do that to you. <laughs> the Happy River steps. There's some really steep, you know, drop offs and stuff. Oh, like I wanted that. to ask you about that. I, I Happy River Steps. I've, I've uh, you know, I've seen footage where, you know, the team crests a hill and and they come bombing down and, mm-hmm. you know, the mushers just on the back just trying to control the chaos of that shit coming down. And yeah, and you're on the brake heavy and. Oh, okay, so there's a brake. Yep, there's okay. a brake bar and, that with like two claws that dig into the snow and. Okay. Try to stop the sled, and it's more of a controlled slide, though. Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then verbal commands, you know, like, and they'll back off like a goodly dug, you know, like you can tell them whoa, easy things like that, and they they back off, you know, and they won't be like full steam ahead down the mountain. Yeah, they they get the momentum going too fast. Yep. You get some air in that thing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, you catch some air. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably when it really wakes you up. Oh, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, uh, the crazy thing is, is like the you start to hallucinate too. Oh yeah, and um, so you start seeing shit, and then like you'll fall asleep. You know, you'll nod off at like these strange times. Like I was going down this. Um, oh, I think I was on my way to Shagaluk. And there's some really st- kind of rolling rolling hills, like in some real steep um, descents. 
and uh, it's a really narrow trail. It's just as wide as a dog sled, you know. Oh, wow. It's wide as a mm. snow machine. And I remember falling asleep, like, hauling ass down this mountain. And, like, I wake up, and I'm, like, you know, I'm standing up, and I'm holding on to the handlebars. And, you know, I open my eyes, and I'm, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I'm just, like, hauling ass, <laughs> barreling down this hill, like, my foot ain't on the brake or nothing, yeah. you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm racing. That's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah up, and then you up. wake up, and you're like, oh, okay, like, that's enough of that shit. And um, so, I don't know. Yeah, there's those moments. But I guess, like, back to your question, I guess those two kind of, like, historic parts of the trail, the, the gorge, the Happy River Steps, things like that, those are really – those could be sketchy, especially if conditions weren't great. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, the toughest part of the race is the coast. Mm-hmm. You know, and people think of, like, the coast as this flat, you know, just going across sea ice, things like that. Like, no, no it's, it's moving. It's fucking hilly. Like, there's oh. there's mountains, and um, there's a lot of hills to climb. Wow. And, you know, you're that deep into the race. You're, you're tired, physically, you know, beaten. And then, um, plus, you know, you have a dog team that just traveled you know, 800 miles, 900 miles, whatever, yeah. you know, you're, you're making your way to this thousand mile finish. And so, you know, and then plus you always get hit with that end of the race storm, you know, it happens a lot. And so you got to have like your ducks in a row, you know, like your dog care has to be top notch and you got to like get to the coast with a healthy dog team or else like you're going to have a rough mm. go. Yeah. Mm. Kind of like the home stretch. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it is the home stretch. Um, so that kind of starts in Unicleet. And, um, is that where you kind of get the most nervous? Mm, no. I don't I don't know if I really had, like, a bunch of, like, nervous feelings on the race. Or anxious or... or um, but there's definitely... I guess there's a lot of anxiousness. You mm. know, like, every run is like, okay... 10 more miles, five more miles, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just like, you've been on the, you're so, you're so just happy when it's, uh, yeah. And then it. like, <laughs> you know, it, some of these places are just so remote, like the gold town of like Iditarod. I mean, it's just out in the middle of freaking nowhere. Yeah. And you're traveling along for a while to get there and you're just like, all of a sudden you drop down on this little river and you start to see some old abandoned shacks and houses and you know where they were mining gold and um <laughs> equipment and like and that's it there's people like there's <laughs> people that are running the check you know and it's like it just popped out of nowhere for you know fucking miles and miles and miles you just went without seeing any huge like sign of humans you right. know and, and boom and then boom you know it's just like <laughs> pops up and then, like, it's kind of nice when you start getting close to, like, villages. You'll see, like, a little little fish camp or something like that. You get, like, oh, you get, like 20 miles there's out. There's life here. 10 miles out. You start to see, like, some, you know, some human structures, you yeah. know, some evidence of, like, okay, there's life around here. And you're like, okay, I got to be getting close. Like, yeah. But sometimes it plays tricks on you, too. Like, <laughs> You think you're close, and then, like, you'll, ghost town. you'll go on for, like, another 40 miles, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I thought there would be something here. That's so, just amazing. Just when you tell the story, I'm imagining just the vast nothingness that is 
It's incredible. Like the just stone cold wilderness of Alaska in the middle of winter, man. Like you leave, you don't like you don't want to fall off your sled, man. Like they no. take off, man. There's wolves and and critters and shit out there, man. Like, yeah, Mother Nature's no joke. Um, I think you definitely need to be a a well prepared person, you know, if you're gonna yeah. run. I did a run. You got a wolf story. Um, I've, I mean, I've encountered wolves on the trail, especially in Nenana. You know, there's, there's three wolf packs that come through. Kind of patrol that area. That cycle through there, you know, at different times. Um, so when I was there, I saw a lot of wolf traffic. Um, on Iditarod, I did not see any wolves. I saw some foxes that like traveled with us for a while. Oh, like ran oh, by really? with you guys? Yeah, like running alongside the team. Yeah, well, that's off cool. in the distance, you know. Yeah, um, out on the river, and uh, but yeah, I didn't see too many too many critters out there. Um, I guess luckily, because yeah, that's a good thing. You don't yeah. run into a moose or yeah, anything aggressive. No buffaloes or anything like that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. and then there's some wild horses. Um, at Rainy Pass. Oh, really? Yeah, they can get, you know, they usually do a pretty good job at, like, keeping them away. Um, They do as in people? Yeah, I think, like, okay. volunteers. Those, and the, those guys that kind of run that trail and... The checkpoint and stuff, yeah. I think okay. They, you know, I don't know what quite they do, but the one year, usually I think... Because they, they're aggressive, aren't they, the, the wild horses? Well, they can be... One year we did like the gold trail loop. And so it went tight. It was during the COVID year and it went out to Iditarod and then came back all the way to Willow. So it started in Willow, went all the way out to Iditarod, which is interior Alaska. Okay. And then, and then back. And so those wild horses wanted the, um, wanted the straw. From the dogs, oh. all the bedding, and they were trying to like get to that, and then so like, as dog teams were leaving, I think you know they were starting to get like a little more brave and to come in, and so yeah, yeah. and I think there was like one team or maybe two or something that had you know an encounter, but everything ended up being fine. But yeah, they can get, they can get uh, a little territorial for sure. Same with the moose, you know, but like mm-hmm. low snow years, it's never a problem. Are those horses all like furry, like long hair? I don't. I haven't seen them. Like I think they were obviously brought there. By oh, yeah, man. for sure. Yeah, um, many, and then, many moons ago. Yeah, yeah, and then they've been kind of roaming around, and I, I think that lodge does like some kind of horseback trips and stuff as well. So I think I don't know if they just kind of let them roam free and wild around there yeah. or what. But um, that's crazy. Well, I know there is. I don't quite know uh, all the details. There's some in Kodiak, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're, and they're definitely they look, they look rugged and and wild. Picture real quick. They yeah. they have like I, I I have a photo. I have to dig it up, but they have like long weird patches on like their side behind their front legs and mm-hmm. and uh, you know the hair over their eyes is longer. Um, you know because they're not taken care of. Yeah. Um, and the guy I went with his, his pit bull 
that hunted with us, really, really, really well-mannered dog, but he went and got a little too close to those, and they tried to stomp the shit out of him. Like, he ran away, and they kept coming after him. Mm-hmm. So they weren't, like, they spooked him away. They, they went full attack. <laughs> yeah. To the point where the dog was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, and had to run away. I was surprised at how aggressive they were. They look like regular horses. Yeah. Just wild horses right there. See, I thought they'd look like this one. It's all like furry or long. Yeah, that's kind of what I remember from the one. It might be like some Russian stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Russians. It's the Russians. (laughs) How do you keep track of like the miles and all? Is it you got like a watch or is it like yeah? Apple. You have the GPS right on the. I got a little handlebar GPS, a little Garmin. Okay, just like a little screen one. Yep. So that. That helps me keep track, and then I got a little log book, you know, that I, I guess I, you know, I, I study the, the mileage between each Okay, so, so you I, know this is whatever, this is 18 miles, and yeah, you know so, about this point, at this river is six or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. So when I get to a checkpoint, you know, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a 50-mile run to Shaktulik and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then from there it's going to be another you know 56 miles or what have you yeah. depending on where i'm at in the race you got um, an in reach i don't do you communicate with anyone in no, between no um that was is like that, one is it not allowed or no it, it, they ended up making it, making it legal to have you know two way communication mm-hmm. and you know there was there was like I guess a part of me where I'm like, uh, you know, it could have been nice to have a an in reach like when I lost my dog team or Yeah, I mean it can just also for be that really like emergency situation. It could be nice to have an in reach like throughout the race. Um What about when you're just practicing? No. no you don't carry one? Mm You know, it and the like you know, there's there's a lot of guys I was talking like after the race, you know, to some other veteran mushers and I was like, Man, you know, I was I was sitting there and I was like, Ah, you know, dog team looks good and like we're traveling along good, but like it, it I didn't think we were doing that great or like it, there wasn't anything that special there, you know. And then you pull into a checkpoint and you're looking at the other teams around you and you know, it, those things can be, like, deceiving. You know, maybe you got a real rambunctious team. You're like, oh, man, that team looks, like, really fired up. And, like, oh. and, you know, and they're ahead of you. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, you know, like, you know, I, I need to, like, just kind of really maintain here. Maybe not, you know, like. But then you go back, like, after the race and you look at run times and you're like, I have the exact same run time as, like, the top three guys into this checkpoint. And then, like, in my head, I was like, mm, you know, like, we're doing good, but nothing special, like, you know. And so, like, I was talking to a veteran musher, and he would be like, yeah, that's why I like having, like, my inreach, and I can check in and be like, hey, what's their runtime? What's my runtime? Okay, oh, like, they're using it for, okay. like, gathering you know, info. And Strategic. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm, I'm doing good, you know. Because yeah. you can get, like, a little, like. Updates from around. Yeah, and then, you know, if you're not really feeling, like, that you're doing... Oh, maybe it's a little discouraging. Yeah, you can get a little discouraged, you know, where you're keeping your foot off the pedal a little bit, and you're like, I'll just, fuck it, I'll take 20 more minutes here. Like, it's not really that big of a deal, 
you know, like when little do you know, it's like these these guys, neck and neck. yeah, like these guys are like they're looking really good. Like I'm not going to be competing with them, mm. you know. I'm kind of going to be more maybe competing for fifth or you know, but like really, you're on like the same speed and in in track as them, and so there there was a part of me like after the race, but I don't know. There's also another part that's like keep it all natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'll just stick you to and the that. dogs. Just me, the dogs. Read them and um, go off of that. Yeah, both ways. There's pros and cons. You respect both ways, but I, I dig where you're coming from because you you want to you want to do it where you're fully in tune with your with your team. Yeah, I don't I don't want to have any outside. Yeah, I don't um, want to have outside assistance. Mm-hmm. You know that that's kind of the thing. So. Yeah, I'd just rather be true to my abilities and, like... You know, it might not hurt, though, to meet in the middle and a compromise to carry one off. And in the event you need it, you could always turn it on in case you can't yeah. get back to your docks. Yeah, and... It, or something, you know, it's, you know, or you're training. I mean, there's just a lot of different things. And it's helped people out, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and there's people that have gotten, like, um, psychologically you know, kind of defeated on the race and they've like called home or oh, called really? their mentors yeah, and press like, the button. they're like, yeah, they're, they're, they're thinking about <laughs> pressing that, that button, that you know, just, and just bring in the like, chopper and just get us out of here. And these are like <laughs> guys that have, you know, they're in the top, top placing, like they're going, f- you know, they're for racing the for, for the win. And they're like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, you know, and they're at the end of the race and, um, it's helped them where they made that call and they're like, you get your fucking ass out there. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no quitting, you know, yeah. do what you got to do. Sure. And, you know, and it's gotten those people to the finish line, you know, and with, with the trophy. So, yeah. Um, cause it gets stuff out there. Oh, I bet. Oh, it really yeah. does. Like you, you're pushing yourself to, to the limits. Well, you talk about the men, the, the physical game, the, the lack of sleep and the rest and focus, but I I feel like at that end stretch, the you talk about the coast or uh, some of those, you know, more challenging areas, it's all mind, mind over matter at that point, right? Big time. Because you're going to have a lot of adversity out there. And then, you know, I guess just try to imagine, you know, a situation where maybe things aren't going that well. You know, maybe you had kind of an off run. Dogs look a little flat or something. And you fall off your sled. You fall off your sled. <laughs> You're out there looking like a dumbass. Hey, you and, said it, not me. And it's <laughs> and it's 35 below. Yeah, dude. And you're tired and you haven't slept. And all you want is some, some warmth and some food. And yeah, it's easy to just want to give up. hungry. And yeah. so it's just kind of, it's, it's really easy to start feeling sorry for yourself. Mm. And then once you start feeling sorry for yourself, it's, it's the beginning of the end. It's fucking game over, you know. <laughs> so, you know, he's like, "Oh, I'm just really tired, and you know, I had this really shitty run, and like, so, like, I deserve a rest, or you know, like, I it just I'm Get gonna through I'm, it, man. I'm gonna stay another hour, but I don't know. For me, it's just always like, just keep grinding it out, keep pushing forward. And then, you know, I just keep telling myself, like, it'll get better on the next run. 
Like we'll yeah. get it together on the next run. And then sometimes that doesn't happen. I'm like, ah, we'll get it together. On the, you like, you just, you gotta be a little stupid yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And then, uh, Sounds yeah. Sounds like my diet. Yeah. I want to start Monday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you just kind of go like full Neanderthal mode and, uh, just keep pushing it out. Cause yeah, it's, you know, those storms come, the wind comes and it gets oh, tough man. and you're out there and you're in 70 mile an hour winds and you can't even, you know, your fucking face is all frostbit. Like my skin was all peeling off and oh really yeah. And you know, you're cold and you can't keep your sled up and you know, you're doing everything you can to fight it. And you know, it's, it's really easy to be like, ah oh, man, that shelter cabin looks like really this is just bad this is really bad like I, I need to pull over into that shelter cabin and you know yeah. and and sometimes you know it might be needed no knock on anyone that that does that because um, they're they're making the best decisions for themselves and for their dog mm-hmm. team um but it is easy to like get in that mindset you know like, sure yeah when it's not necessary i guess you have a favorite, um, I'll ask Brandon first. Um, like when you think about like all of I did a rod is you've been here your whole life. Is yeah. there like when they say I did a rod, is there one musher that you think of right away? Like maybe one that's like stand out, like, oh, this was the one from the era. Uh I I always was a big fan of uh Susan Butcher. That's mm-hmm. what I was gonna say. That's funny. Um and um um the other gal, um, she was wearing makeup and stuff. Didi, uh, Didi, genre. Yeah, um, she never won though, right? Mm-mm. No, she got second. Okay, but Susan Butcher was the one I was thinking Su- in my Susan mind. That was like, mind. yeah, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great racers. I, I just was always, I was always thrown back at the women that that chose to run the race and not because it's just their women. It just, it, it was, it's just, um, it's such an extreme undertaking mm-hmm. for anybody. And, and the fact that there are as many women that have done it. Was she the first was one was amazing. One? Libby riddles was the mm. first, first woman mm-hmm. to win it. And then Susan, she ran four or one, four, excuse me. Um, so four before Dallas CV, you know, and there's kind of an asterisk on that. It, Dallas CV has won five Iditarods, but only four of them have finished in Nome. Uh, the fifth one was an altered route, but like it was still Iditarod. It was still the best mushers, yeah. still a tough course. Yeah, so. wherever the finish line is, if you made it there, you won so, it. But Why was that? He, he won it. Um, that was COVID? the COVID year. Yeah. Oh, they switched the route around? Yeah. So. They didn't want, due to COVID, they didn't want the traffic Every, through the village. So yeah. they ran out to that old abandoned gold town of Iditarod. Oh, okay. And circled through there and looped back all the way to Willow. So they Oh, could, there and back. Okay. Yeah. And everybody stood six feet away from each other? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, Is there one that stands out for you? Is there one that you're like, oh, man, this dude was the baddest or lady? Um, like you guys said, there's, there's a lot of great, you know, you, you go back. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of good dog men and women that have like raced throughout the history of Iditarod. 
And of course, like Susan Butcher is one of the greats, um, big innovator in the sport as well. Um, did a lot for the sport. You have Rick Swenson. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Um, who, who is also a, uh, well, hold on. Is it Rick? That's a, I think D- Dallas tied Rick Swenson at five for the most winning, winning musher of all time. Oh, okay. I believe, I believe it's five that Rick has, but either if it's four or five, um, for some reason I'm drawing a blank here, but Rick Swenson, a big innovator of the sport. Um, when you say innovator, what what what, do you, what exactly you know, did they? Um, you're talking about bring dog, to it? dog care, dog okay. nutrition, the technology advancements. Okay, you know, yeah. Um, as far as sled designs, uh, supplements, dog mm. care, the veterinarian side of it all. Um, they just gear in itself, the nutritional information. You know, they they did a lot of studies with uh, a lot of universities and um, different kibble manufacturers. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah, they did a it's lot of... way behind the scenes. Yep. They, yeah. They did a lot of high-level testing and things like that to to improve dog care and, like, what do these dogs really need, you know, and um, what do they need to perform at their best and, you know, how can we make this sled go faster and you know, redesigning harnesses and gang lines, mm. all that kind of stuff, you know. They, Even they probably were, the style of rope. Yep. Exactly. It's made out just, of. Just down, a million ways to make things a little better and tweak stuff, right? Yeah, down down to the smallest things, <coughs> you know, the, the smallest details. So, like, Rick was really big on that. He, he's played a big role in that. Um, Dallas CV has been, like, I guess the uh, – the new generation of like a Rick Swenson. He's he's done a lot for the sport as far yeah. as innovating. Uh, Martin Boozer would he be kind of in that mm. Rick Swenson? Yeah, category? I mean Martin's a four time champ. Yeah, um, uh, incredible dog man. Martin. Yeah, he's done a lot for the sport as well. So like yeah, you 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 start going down those lists of Rick Swenson, Susan Butcher, uh, Lance Mackey. Um, uh, Martin Boozer, Jeff King, Doug Swingley. Oh, Jeff King. Swingley, yep. Uh, so there's all those four-time champions right there. Is that know? the Mount Rushmore? Those four? Yeah, I mean that would be that would probably be a lot of people's. You know, yeah. I mean those those guys those were were top. they were the baddest. You know, and that was back when it was and it was high eighteen weekend. days, you know, twenty days. Yeah, so like the nineties, those were like I think you know ten. 10-day races, 9-day races. It was kind of the speed era in the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. So, like... Uh, that was like the Martin Boozer, Martin, Susan, or, uh, Martin Susan Boozer. Butcher. So, so Susan was in cut. the 80s. Su- Rick, Rick, Susan, they battled it out through through the 80s. Okay. And up to the early 90s. I think 1990 or 91. That would have been Martin Boozer time. Uh, I think Rick won his... Or Susan won his, uh, they won their final final championship right there in the early nineties. Okay, I believe Rick did, and um, then from there it took over between Jeff Jeff King, Martin Boozer, Doug Swingley, and then so you had that era, mm. and those guys went back and forth of winning, you know, 
they won four championships through those 90s to early 2000s. Mm. Then you had a couple Norwegians come into play, you know, Robert Sorley and a few others. And then um, then you had the Mackey era. Yeah, that was then, 2000s. So yeah. Lance came in. I think Lance won his first in like 2007. He and passed then, away, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Just last year. And after the Lance era, then it became like the CV era. Yeah. Mm, okay. So 2012, I believe Dallas won his first championship. Well, and Mackey set records like year after year after year, didn't he? So if I remember right, there was like some he, standout things that he did. No, for sure. Um, year after year, he he won. He won um, two. What he won the Yukon Quest and the Iditarod. Two years in a row. Both of them. Both of them. Mm. So, which was like unheard of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He, he made a lot of Him incredible. And his dogs were dialed in to do something like that. Incredible accomplishments, you know. And they come back from cancer and yeah. all those health issues and things like that. So, he overcame a lot of adversity and uh, kicked ass for, you know, four years straight. He was, uh, he won an ESPY award. Yeah, he did. He one was summer. I, I, and I, I remember watching that. And I don't watch those very often, but. I remember watching it and saw him, you know, seeing him get a, a, a uh, uh, what do you call it, an acknowledgement, um, yep. you know, yeah. an ESPY award for it. And I I just thought how cool was that, that they they picked a, a championship dog musher. Yeah. When, I think he you, was named, like, athlete of the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, t- right. we're talking, like, you know, with LeBron and, and, you know, some of the highest profile athletes in the planet. Yep. Awards and and here's a Alaskan dude survived cancer, racing dogs in Alaska, right on that pedestal with them was it was pretty cool man as an Alaskan made me proud yeah, yeah. you know he, you know yeah he he's like the last musher to to really make it on a national stage. I was just gonna wonder mm. about that. They don't show like the highlights you know, on I, ESPN. I think he's the last guy to like do the Conan O'Brien show and things like that. Mm. You know. Um, yeah. Before, like I, I know other mushers have in the past have gone on the like those late night talk shows. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but they I made think, like national, but like uh, yeah, in, he's the last musher to really get national coverage. Um, till you now, you are worldwide, dog. Shit, not yet. AWP. Um, <laughs> it's coming, Eddie B. I gotta win this race first. Should you get that hair? Looking right. Get, get the hair on. just get it oiled up. <laughs> get the curls flushes. Red dog up there. Get the beaver caster in there. <laughs> <laughs> Extra smelly. <laughs> you can smell this wolf from five miles away. Do they do they do any drug testing for the mushers or the dogs? They, they do. Um, so uh, yeah, that's Good question. that's that's one of the things. Usada's coming up through basically. Um, the dogs get drug tested throughout multiple periods of the of the race. So, you know your dog team is probably going to get drug tested at least probably th- two to three times throughout the race. Wow. Someone been caught cheating? Um, there Ever? has there there has been um, one one scandal 
I guess they, they called it. Um, they don't really know if it was sabotage or, or what. Mm. Um, it was it was after the race. There's a drug test after the race in Nome. And, you know, there was different speculation. There, there was never a clear report on what actually happened. But, hmm. you know, there was speculation of maybe a handler could have given the dogs meds. Mm. After the race, it was for tramadol. You know, so nothing that would be like a huge performance enhancing, yeah. you know. Didn't uh, make or break the race. Yeah, so, I mean, it, was, it would just be more of a muscle relaxer, you know, mm. kind of. For thing. dogs. Yeah. What about for the mushers? Do they test uh, them for performance enhancing? Like, Yep, yep. So the so the mushers oh, really? get, get uh, drug tested as well. For that? What about, like, recreational stuff? Yep, yep. yep. All that? No, that's what it's for. Uh, okay. Not necessarily for, you know. Testosterone TRT. boosted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like make sure this guy's not cracked out on the trail. Yep. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. Is marijuana okay? No. Really? It's not. That's crazy. Yeah, I that's, mean that's ridiculous. I, so I got level I got, playing field. I got drug tested in White Mountain. So that's the like last checkpoint. So I pulled into there, and they're like, "That's got to be annoying, though, huh?" You're like, were, "You're trying to rub your dog's shoulder out," and they're like, "Hey, man, compete in a so, cup." You're like, "You fucking kidding me?" So yeah, like after I finished up all my dog chores, I walked in because I thought like maybe you got tested in Nome, you know, oh. like after the oh, finish the or something, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Make sure you weren't taking I, any nos. I go, yeah. <laughs> so I go into the <laughs> checkpoint into like the building there, and. Uh, I walk in, and this is after I finish my routine with my dogs, and I'm trying to get some food and get some rest before, you know, I got to go pull the hook and, you know, do the final stretch. And there's a girl in there. She works for Capstone or whatever, mm, oh, okay. one of those kind of clinics, yeah. you know. She's like, hey, uh, when you can, pee in this cup, you got to do it before you leave. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I don't really got to pee right now, but. Okay, yeah. I guess maybe after my nap or whatever, and then so, yeah, that's something you got to do before you leave that checkpoint. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I don't know. It just crossed my mind about when I were talking about the Russian. Is there is there Russian? Is there like sled dogs? I would think that's such a big, big winter place. Is there yeah. is that is there a culture of 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 racing sled dogs there? Do you, no, do you know? There is in in throughout Europe. You know, mm-hmm. Northern Europe. Um, yeah, it's a Nordic sport. M- mushing is 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 huge in Norway. Yeah, is it going to be an Olympics soon? Um, uh, yeah, I got I all know. kind of weird things up in the Olympics. Oh my god, dog mushing would be sick. They should. I feel like that would definitely. I I think there's a lot of cool things that they could do with the sport to to get it more on a national level, worldwide mm. level. You know. Mm. Um, but yeah, it would be cool if it if it. If it continues to grow, you know, that's something that I'd like to see. Well, there's a draw to our races here in Alaska for international teams, right? Yeah, so, I mean, we get teams that travel all around the world to come up here and compete, for sure. Any Russian teams? <laughs> Dude, do you like Russians, huh? <laughs> I love Russians. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think any Russians. Is, is it far-fetched for an American team to go outside so like dallas Mm. is one that tried that um there's the finmark 
and it's the biggest race over there in, in Norway. Mm-hmm. And Dallas traveled over there. I think he got third. I think he got third and second or something like that. But um, it's a uh, it's a little bit different of a race, and I think it presents its you know own unique challenges. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, but you definitely get a lot of Norwegians that come over here. Yeah. And, and compete, and I did a run. And they've had a lot of success. Man, what that, what does that entail? I mean, just think how hard it is to travel with your family. Yeah, so imagine <laughs> packing up. You know, they, I, I and a lot of them have, like, they, they do it right. You know, they get over here a month or two months, oh. or they spend, like, the entire winter over here. Mm. You know, they... they um, they get their visas in line and they do whatever they have to do and they, they have a established place here that they're going to Connect go. with another kennel maybe yep. or something. And okay. that they're going to go and train out of. And, um, yeah, they, they, they get it all dialed in. Yeah, it's so, not just coming over here for two weeks and then going back to Norway with your 20 dogs. Exactly. And so, you know, you got to get used to training over here and weather and temps and trails and what have you. So they... Uh, yeah, because you talk about that schedule from, from September, sep, bleh, excuse me, from September to race schedule, and you can't just like fly everybody over from Norway and jump on a trail a week later and race. I mean, yeah. I guess you could, but not yeah, if you're it, it's to, kind of a you know, it's a slow, slow process, and then if 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 you got you know flight cancellations or this or that oh, sure, yeah. it's a long way to go it's it's a long way to go you know it's a long ways to fly with with dogs i and just think about like when you're gonna go check in and you got 18 dogs <laughs> like how does that even like work how does a, that even look like like flying to bethel <laughs> is is hard enough you know oh yeah it's like don't yeah. they put you on a mail plane or something yeah so they they fly on Northern Air Cargo. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. And they were a sponsor of mine last year, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, took care of all of our shipping. Knack Air. Yep. So, if anybody needs anything shipped out to rural Alaska, that's the way to go. Now, uh, like, like an old snow go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Done that before. <laughs> yeah, th- those are those are hot commodities. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they ship them out on NAC in those cargo planes. And then we fly Alaska air out there, but you know, you got to get them all loaded up into the boxes and, you know, get them all on the cargo pallets and netted down. And then you're trying to basically beat them there or meet them there. And then you got to get them out of their boxes and let them, you know, yeah. Go stretch out and go pee. Yeah, it's got to be a little stressful. You know, um, so, like, it's kind of a race. And then you're, like, trying to set up a little mini dog yard, you know. So, you're, yeah. like, getting out the picket lines and you're setting all this shit up. And it's nighttime and usually it's fucking Cold wind blowing. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you don't have really any of your gear or nothing. So, it, it's always kind of a scramble as soon as, like, you touch down and like, oh, yeah. a, a, another village or whatever. Yeah. So, but I I I, uh, I always enjoy traveling out to those races like Cusco, Kobuk, or they're pretty cool. Do you have one of those trucks with the all the oh, kennels? in We there? were just talking about that. What do they yeah, call that? Um, dog truck. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I ended up not going the dog truck route, but um, 
This is U-Haul. <laughs> Go run one of those bad boys. <laughs> Just straw all over it. <laughs> it's, got, it's got the aerodynamic skirt for fuel efficiency. <laughs> it's got that little meter in there. <laughs> you got to keep it in the red. <laughs> Just, hey, just flying out the back. <laughs> My favorite videos are like those guys that do those LS swaps out of the U-Hauls. They do the what? They like what? They, they go and they rent U-Hauls, and then they like fucking jack the motor out of there. Oh, really? No, yeah, and they, they go like put them in their hot rods. <laughs> oh, really? Because, you know, they all got those six O's. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Were, were you watching this on YouTube? U-Haul truck, dude. That's a deep. Dude, that's get, a deep rabbit hole on YouTube. <laughs> I, <laughs> you get to that. No, this is on uh, Instagram. I, I guess this my, is Jimmy uh, out here, son. <laughs> I'm gonna show you boys how to put this zero from this here U-Haul. Got this El Camino. <laughs> Blown six oh. Don't worry, I got the insurance. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> It blew up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so what'd you go with instead? Just the uh, old so truck? I, I, I got a 27-foot uh, uh, enclosed trailer. Okay. And then I put 20, um, well, I'm building them right now, and I got 20 dog boxes built that I'm sticking inside. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, they each got their own little dog box, and then... Um, Along the sides of the trailer, you you put these little like drop chains, you know, these yeah. little D rings, you mm -hmm. know, and you hook your drop chains, right and then they can kind of run around free, yeah, secure to the trailer. Um, so that's like the setup that I ended up going with. That's I'm stoked setup. to see it when it's done because you got a beautiful truck sponsorship. You got the whole thing going. You get the trailer behind it. Like you're gonna be. It should be styling. looking good. Yeah, it should, it should yeah. be styling. You got a logo. Um, yeah, so I gotta, I'll have a logo put on there. And then of course with like all the sponsors and everything. Is um, it on your, um, on your Insta, your new, uh, um, off the rails? I don't have anything on there. If you go, there's a website actually. <laughs> okay. What is it? Off the rails racing. My sister made it. So it's <coughs> That's right. <coughs> Do you, you guys work with a local guy here in town to do that? No. Went outside? Uh, or oh, right there. Off yeah, the, no. Oh, wait, off the... Off the rails racing. Um, it, it should just... Usually comes right on up. Off the rails racing. Dot com. All my Facebook stuff comes right up. Yeah. Just type it into the webpage, it'll... But um, Candice, she made the website. The logo I had. Um, oh, it's not secure. Nothing well, secure in this place. Yeah, the Wi-Fi here is it, it's pretty selective on what you're allowed to pull up. That sucks. But if you go to my Facebook, the logo is on there. Mm. Is it on the Insta? No, I gotta get. I gotta get it. Get on your it. game up. Yeah. I'm slacking. This internet is you, you were, when I was on Instagram for a very brief time, you were really active on there. Yeah, I mean, I, I post on there just, you know, some pictures here and there, but I, I haven't really promoted, like, the kennel or that stuff too much. Uh, is it mainly because, um, well, probably time. 
because I know Daniel freaking bless his heart and the time he puts into our social media like it's a fucking full-time job it 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 really is you know um but also are you kind of reserving a little for there's the getting everything up and running the what there's the hoodie my my daughter okay um oh okay there you go oh i've seen that yeah i kind of saw like your guys prototype yeah, Hoodie. so my buddy, uh, oh, my, sick. my paisan, Lucas Anzalotti, they own, uh, his family owns Originales downtown. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I go to that place every week. Yeah. I love it. I work right downtown. Fucking amazing. Goddamn great and, sandwiches. And, and Sergio and Rosalie, they are top notch. That place so, so bomb. Incredible. If you haven't been there, a lot of people don't know about it. It's just such a yeah. slow key. Yeah, it is. Little place. It's on, it's on D. No. It's yep. on D Street, which is like yeah, one for, block. Fourth yeah. and D. Yeah, Originales. It's so good, man. Do you know why they moved from the spot in Metro? What, yeah, the, their, their lease was up, and okay. um, the it owner just there. It a little bit easier to find them there, I guess. You know? No, for sure. I mean, I, I think that was like a little more convenient of a location. Um, but, you know, they, they had to do what they had to do. and Yeah. They found that spot downtown, and at the time, that was... I just walked by it the other day. It's beautiful. I didn't realize they were down there. And I, yeah, yeah, we should go get some freaking lunch down there. We should. Uh, I go yeah. and they, they got beer. They got wine. Hell, yeah. yeah. They do mm-hmm. the takeout, the pizzas, um, which is like an old, really old Roman, like, rustic-style pizza that you can take home and bake. They still got an Eddie Burke in there? Um, the Paisan. Is that, the, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Paisan. All no right. way. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's named after my dad. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. I always get the Godfather, but that was actually uh, that was actually like the creation <sighs> that's awesome. that I made, and then my dad always got it, and then so oh, they, okay, yeah. There's not just that's one Eddie Burke that influenced the sandwich. No, okay, it's teamwork, dude. You got to go early too, man. I go like I'll, I'll go to lunch at one thirty. They'd be out of stuff, dude. Like it'd be cracking. Oh, because they have fresh fixings every day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so like that's one of the other. We're we're way off topic topic but uh <laughs> it's you still know, kind they, of they, yeah <laughs> like rosalie she Italiano. makes she makes the focaccia bread fresh every day mm. um there's always a fresh soup they're slicing the meat right off the thing oh hell oh, yeah, yeah cheese sergio's is like, hard oh, at man. it man <sighs> he works at that that meat saw like no other you know they're like the italian like um, real Italian. family, like in a movie where you just know they're there every day with the apron on, putting in the work, three, like three never a day off. It, it just, yeah, 100% committed. 3 a.m. is like, when they, really? they, oh, oh, they, oh, they to get the bread going yeah. and everything. Yeah. And that's why, like, they have the hours that they do, you know, like, you know, yeah, they're like, like open like 11 to 2. People are like, hire more, you know, whatever. And yeah. they're just like, no, uh, we're going to do it ourselves. Like, we'll, yeah. You know, so they get in there at 3 a.m., make the focaccia, uh, make a fresh dessert for the day, make a fresh soup. Mm, yeah. And then, you know, they have all those imported, sauces, all, all, stuff all the goes. imported meat and cheeses oh, and man, everything yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. it's all from Italy, just top quality, really good food. Yeah, imagine if they did a food truck or something. I yeah. mean, it would just be insane, but they don't want all that. It no. reminds me no. a lot of, like, some New York shit, you know what I mean, where you yes. have the deli. That, that's what I meant mean? by like, that. Like, you know, they're in there with the apron, and, like, they just every day yeah. add it yeah. at, at their craft. Yep. Family run. No, they're that's they're great people. So if anybody's listening, they need a uh, they need a good Italian sandwich. Yeah, it's bomb. So who are we looking at here in this picture? 
That's uh, Kavik jumping, and then that's Loki. Kavik, I love that. That's Loki next to him. So when you go with that, we're looking at people that are just listening to a picture of the dogs tied up to the wheeler, to the ATV there in Willow. Like um, I think I parts. saw you. Is, I know there's got to be a lot of other probably dog mushing people in the area because I've been going there a lot recently yeah. looking oh, at shit, lots of stuff. Shit, isn't Willow almost like the mushing capital of yeah, South it, Central? It, there's a lot of dog mushers there. There's There's been several that have retired here lately and moved out of the neighborhood or uh, got okay. out of dogs, you know. Um, okay. But there's still a lot of dog teams in the area. I thought uh, I saw you, you the other have. day. Um, I'm literally I'm on the trail every day. Will you go on that main road sometimes, right on the left side? Thought yeah. I saw you there by the. Uh, could have swore it was by you. the gas station. Yeah, and all yeah, yeah, yeah. Town yeah. site and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the very like few people that run that stretch. Okay, so it was you, probably. Yeah. That's awesome. So like, when you go like on a normal run. Um, I, I think I asked you this before, but I'm curious on the water deal. Like, when you're doing these big, long runs, do they just have to drink between the checkpoints or between, like, drink before mm. and afterwards, or are you, like, stopping at a so if somewhere I'm doing, there's water? If I'm doing a – this this kind of changes. This kind of depends. So, like, one example would be, like, the Kinnick 200. Um, it's a 200-mile race. So you have a 100-mile run, a six-hour break, and then another 100-mile run. Some people decide to, like, stop and take a break and break those 100-mile runs up. But, mm -hmm. like, the competitive guys, they run them nonstop. So, like, on a 200-mile race, I'll be giving my dogs snacks, like meat snacks. And, okay. and, and meat's 80% moisture. Okay, they're getting the water there. So on, like, a short run like that, you can you can go without watering them um, because they're getting plenty of moisture from the from the meat. Um, and then I also make like kind of a water snack, which is mostly water with a little bit of like bloody meat, and then I freeze it up and then I slice it all up. So it's almost like a um, a meaty ice cube. Yeah. So I give them like these little like kind of um, I don't know. Probably like six ounce, four ounce, little strips mm -hmm. of ice and meat mm -hmm. mixed together, mm -hmm. and um, there's there's a good amount of water in there, I guess. So yeah, probably like six ounces of water, and I'll give them that that like in the middle of those hundred mile runs. Got it. And um, it'll be incredible. Like you'll be going down the trail, and they'll just be pissing clear, like mm -hmm. running down the trail and just pissing. So they can. That was oh, another they, question. Oh, they will I had. wait. They pee while they're running. Yeah. Oh. Ah. They shit while they run too. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'll just, just stand off to the side. You got to be careful though with the wind. <laughs> you start blow on you. I feel like I, I just envision this move where you have these two like carabiners on your side, and you like turn around and now you're facing backward. <laughs> the dog team's behind you. Just click, click. Mm, there you go. Boom. Just hold, just hold you. <laughs> Fight, fighting through all your gear. Oh, to God, get it yeah. Out. Trying to get your jack. You know, you're taking it. Yeah. <coughs> it's, uh, and then sometimes you got to go number two on the, on the trail. Oh, oh. I'm sure. Let's yeah. get into the details of that you, after this you? break. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I
Big Ray's The Alaskan Outfitter. Committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Ray's has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. At Big Ray's, you'll find brands like Carhartt, Grundens, Darn Tough, FXD, Okiwear, and more. Big Ray's is your one-stop shop for both outdoor gear and rugged work attire. Check out their new exclusive line of durable but affordable waders, inspired by and named after the majestic Aralik River in remote western Alaska. The Aralik wader was designed by Alaskans and proven for the diverse waters of the last frontier. Visit Big Rays at any of their five locations statewide, two in Anchorage, two in Fairbanks, one in Kodiak, or check them out online at BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration, helping Alaskans turn disasters into new beginnings since 1972. Their 24-hour services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, and repairs. Tailored built its reputation with years of committed and reliable service to the community with innovative restoration and home remodeling. When you have an unexpected home issue at the most improbable time, Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you anytime, day or night. Tailored Restoration has locations to serve you in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Give them a call at 907-344-1239 or make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and Overlander products. If you want to customize your vehicle, talk to the team at Total Truck where you'll find their expertise along with top brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, Eye Camper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Lining Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Want to turn your truck into a sleeping option? They have rooftop tents, custom camping equipment, electronics, and solar energy packages to keep you powered up deep in the backcountry. Stop by their store location on Dowling between the new and old Seward Highway or check them out at TotalTruckAK.com. I'm like in there the whole time, you know, in this. Yeah. <laughs> for my first checkpoint, you know. <laughs> So, so you deal with the mayhem. You're, you realize now. Do you think you have that, that thing we talked about? Yeah. You're like, um, oh shit! Um, I got it. I got, I got, I got the At bug. <laughs> the worst time, dude. Yeah. So first checkpoint at Squitna. Just saying, it. during the race period is like really Squitna. All the. <laughs> I, this is the worst case of bubble guts <laughs> you could ever have. And <laughs> let alone, you know, like I was hoping, you know, I had a I had a seventy mile run to Squitna and I was like just wanting to get my race off to a good start. And I think I'm third place. And that's and that's like the big Sioux Good trail, yeah. Sleeping so, Lady, like it's just a nice run, right? Yeah, it's a beautiful run. <laughs> right, there's a fucking party the whole way there. Sure, sure. There's like, tons of tons of people. Yeah, properties and cabins. And, yeah. yeah, I was like six beers deep. I was feeling oh, hell good. Yeah, okay, okay. You know, and I was just like, what a what a fucking awesome start to my rookie run. You know, like incredible. All these fans out there, uh, just uh, parties. For like the first forty miles, like for sure, and then beyond that as well. 
bonfires, just families, people getting wild. Yeah. Great. Then I get to that checkpoint and like I could feel it kind of like starting to happen. I get all my dog situated. You get that first like and then <laughs> and then, you know a growler? It dude, it gets to that point where it's like the code red. Oh shit. Oh no. Where it's like a Okay, I gotta get this like, you're, you're damn near oh. you're damn near yeah. leaking. Yeah, yeah, and you're like Yeah. Fumbling <laughs> around panic. with zippers and just panic. <laughs> I can barely get all this shit off in time and you're out in an outhouse. And then so I spent like the rest of my checkpoint. My my time there, I was like, I'm gonna take four and a half hours. I'm gonna stay here. So and of course, like it's the first checkpoint. I was taking my time with the dogs and feeding them. They all got fed good, and we had a little chaos going on. And then I did some interviews, and mm. there's some fans out there, and they're you know, hey, yeah, you know, whatever, and nice to meet you, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm talking to the people and socializing, and I'm like, all right, I like. <laughs> I, 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 you got a race here. I got to get out of here. And then, yeah, that's when it really came on. And and I, I tried to get some sleep there because, like. The race like, or the bubble guts came on? Like what? The, the, the bubble guts. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> the explosions. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, like, <laughs> it was so bad. And, like, I just really wanted to, like, try to get my race off to a good start, like, where I got on a good sleep schedule. Yeah. But. At least you were shedding weight. That didn't happen. <laughs> and so I spent probably like four different, t- oh, you know, God. like separate occasions in this outhouse. We we got mm. cozy in there. Like, so I was just oh, like. Well, like busted a magazine out type shit? Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I'm just going to like stay in here. Because as soon as I get my Ducks gear back. Limited. As soon as I, <laughs> as soon as I get my gear on, fucking there it goes. Mm. And like it's it's a race to get it off, and it's a lot of shit. Yeah, and many so layers. So, um, <laughs> so many layers. So it's time to leave there, and I leave there, and I'm like, okay, I and think stretches how long? I don't know. It's probably another four hour run to Finger Lake. It's a long four hours. So, I'm like, I think I got the poison out of me, you know. Yeah, I think I'm got the uh, bug out. I'm Gucci now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just clapped ass. A little bit later, not very long. Oh no, it's back. It's how, back. How could there be more? And I was like, it's oh. all out. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is gonna be bad. So I'm starting to. It, there's a tail dragger section, like a little back compartment on your sled, and I have a little cooler. And uh, I made that cooler out of a kitty litter, like a five-gallon kitty litter bucket. Oh, mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. like four That's and a half, five gallons. Yeah, it yeah opened, the open bright square, yellow, bright yellow one with okay. the red top. Yeah, and it, like hope opened yep. up. Yeah. So I insulated it, wrapped it in duct tape, made a little homemade lightweight cooler. That's, oh, cool. And um, so I used that. Like I put a plastic bag in it, and uh, that's where like. I'll put the dog's food, you know, all their the okay. beef, the raw beef, mm-hmm. and I pour the hot water in there, and I scoop it all out of there, and I dish okay. the food out, you know. So Easy like, to rinse out when you're... Yeah, and then I just take that plastic bag. That way there's, like, no contamination. You oh, know? right. And then, so I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is going to be bad. Like, there's no stopping and just, like, shitting on the side of the trail. Plus, I got an amped-up dog team. Like, if I'm in the middle of 
you know, doing my business and like those dogs want to go. They're going to go. They're going to get like, I can't. Yeah, there's be, no like number two stop. Yeah. You can't like be like in the middle of it and be like, oh, no. Hold on, you guys. know, and they're dragging you and you're shitting all over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, shitting on the run is like the only way to do it. Wow. So I get my cooler out and I put a plastic yeah. bag in it. And then I basically. Oh, you sat, did the turn and burn? Did. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I sat on that cooler basically the entire way to Finger Lake with my bibs off. Oh, like, man. I just stripped my gear off. My legs were so cold. Oh, I was going to say your ass had been frozen, bro. <laughs> but there was, like, no way. I was just throwing my gear in my sled, and I had, like, just my base layers, just my base layers, like, down at my knees, and I was just sitting in that plastic bucket. Oh Dog just God. hears, like, a... Your pops up like, so, what's he doing back there? Oh, it was so bad. And there's like all these twists and turns and little drops and creek beds and like. I was trying to hold on and like not tip this bucket over and get shit. Oh, you know, like, yeah, like, dude. Well, because like the Liquified. first time I was like, all right, I think it's good. I'm good. And I'm like, dump, you're not good. I dumped the bucket out on the side of the trail. And I'm like, all right, we're, you know, we're cool. We're going to keep going. And then next thing I know, like, I'm I'm running out of, like, those plastic bags. And I'm like, wow. yeah, okay. Like, we just got to keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to run with it. Yeah, so, like, for four hours. And then I get to Finger Lake. Four and I'm like, hours. Oh I get God. to Finger Lake, and I'm hurrying up to do my dog chores and get them fed and bedded down and cared for. And then I'm like, next thing I know, I'm like running over to this little makeshift outhouse in the middle of this fucking lake that they got. <laughs> and then I'm blowing that up. Is it Finger Lake? Finger Lake right there in Wasilla? No. This is a different one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. This is kind of up through past Rainy Pass, right? Right before Rainy Pass. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. So I guess it's about like 40 miles. I guess north of Squitna. Got it. Got this it. Side. Okay. Yep. Starting to make your way towards the range, and once you once you leave, is there like, like a cabin there or or something? Yeah. Like so that? there's a lodge. I think the Iditarod boys have a spot there that they'll. There's there's a lodge there at Finger Lake. Okay. Uh, but like we're not allowed to go in the lodge or anything like that, so we're camped down on the lake. And they had, I think they had a tent. But then they had like, I don't know. There was something weird going on when I got there. But I was too busy dealing with uh, the bubble guts. Yeah. So I didn't really care. Yeah. yeah. And then, so agenda there. I slept outside. So like I didn't go inside a checkpoint until I got to my twenty four. Oh. Like I went inside Squitna for a little bit, but I was mostly in the outhouse. Yeah. And then. <laughs> um Finger Lake. The I just outhouse. Yeah. To that poor outhouse. Um and then Finger Lake I just stayed stayed outside. And then Rainy Pass, I stayed outside. And then I I blew through Roan, which is the next checkpoint, and I camped on the trail. Is that mainly because of the your health situation? Um an embarrassment or just like all of it? <clears throat> It was, uh, you know, like I was just trying to stay away like from this people. Is a, this is an interesting topic to discuss. 
it, is it can be kind of gross, but it's just so real. <laughs> and and like, <laughs> well, it's funny, but it's you know trying to imagine all the challenges of just doing the race in general and then having a ailment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a really bad ailment. Like not just And I'm an sure this or... happens in in ultra marathon. Oh, I d- hell yeah. uh you know the yeah, iron dog point. like this got to happen. Yeah. Whatever. You're doing a a race where you're doing a triathlete thing and you're swimming and at some point Someone's gonna have to. You had, go the, you had the go. wrong kung kung pao. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so yeah, I didn't go in those checkpoints. I guess for a number of different re- reasons, you know. I was like, hey, I think like there's a couple guys, you know. I was like, hey, I think I got like a stomach bug. Like, oh, you don't want to get other people. I'm sick. like, you know, I, I guess I could have been an asshole and spread yeah. the love. Yeah. Oh, Which, that's thoughtful, man. Yeah. yeah. You're such yeah. a sportsman, bro. I know, caring. Yeah. Um, you ready for some of the trivia? Trivia? Yeah. Yeah. Pause. Pause. Pause that though. Okay. Because he wasn't done talking about the guns. Oh, wasn't. Okay, sorry. Oh, I we, thought we covered we it. Shit. Oh. No, I mean I don't know. Yeah. So I just oh. stayed out of those checkpoints and. Um, well, I remember you. You had. I, I guess we were, I was kind of leading up to a climax here. <laughs> No, it just the I thought there the was climax a, was just me shit my brains out oh, th- for a really well, long thought, period of I thought, time. I thought there was a point where you actually pooped your pants. No. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were getting to that. No, it was oh, uh shit. A lot of sketchy moments, like I said, like sitting in the bucket trying to Red the Dog sun. was like, Don't you shit your pants, <laughs> Don't embarrass me. <laughs> he said I thought there was gonna be a point where you shit your pants. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> you're like waiting for the climax I on the shit story. <laughs> sorry to disappoint. It's okay. I'm glad you didn't. Because I mean, how would you clean that up? Oh man, socks, man. Socks, socks and gloves. T-shirt, and t-shirt sleeves. Socks, gloves, t-shirt sleeves. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe yeah. some you ever, socks. You ever seen a homie leave into the woods without <laughs> toilet paper and come back without sleeves? Without socks. <laughs> Not sleeves though It's a good one though <laughs> Damn man I've seen Chris walk out of the woods one time And his fucking shirt's ripped And it's like flapping I'm like He wasn't wearing a, a sleeveless t-shirt When he went <laughs> Oh I see, Oh yes wow. Cotton soft Wow Cotton soft <laughs> Alright we kind of already went over this But we'll, we'll, we'll ask it again um, Because Brandon probably forgot Oh uh, for sure how much faster is the Iditarod today than when the race first started? In days, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say when the race very first started, it was 23 to 24 days. So it's what down to nine days. So it's almost twice, a little over twice as fast. Yep. Yeah. Eddie? Oh, is I? I'm in it. Okay, you're in. No. Wow, wow. you're you should really oh, know this, man. So yeah, no pressure at all. Yeah, record time depending on the route is eight days and some change. Oh, depending on the route. Um, yeah, first I guess winning pace for the very first Iditarod. Is it? Is that what we're? Uh, just how much faster is the Iditarod today when the, than when the first race started? Yeah, it'd be like probably it's we've cut it down to like twelve days. Yeah, I think we're like twelve days faster. 
Um, the first Iditarod took place in 1973, and it took about 20 days to complete. Oh, okay, that was and a little bit high. Currently, it takes about 10 days. So it's about cut in half. Yeah, twice. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, question number two. You said it, but you got it wrong. What's the record for the Iditarod, time-wise? It's it's eight days and some. We need exact. Eight hours, days, minutes. six six hours. Eight days, six hours. Eight days, nine hours and twelve minutes. According to Jack, who looked these up. <laughs> Jack's trivia. Uh, Dallas CV twenty twenty one. Seven days. Oh, shit. 14 hours. Yeah, that's not a traditional route, though. Eight minutes, 57 so seconds. So is that an a- asterisk? Still the yeah. Iditarod. That's the asterisk, though. What would, yeah, Dal- the, what would the, Dallas say in this moment? The Because when you're going off the fastest time, you, you got you to gotta base it off of finishing in Nome because that's what every Iditarod yeah. oh, oh, has finished. Okay. So the historic trails will owe to Nome. So that's what you got to go do. off of. Okay. Okay. So traditional, uh, original so, OG route. Yep. So John Baker holds the record <coughs> for the uh, Southern route, which is like eight days, and who knows. And then there's the Northern route, and it's another eight days, and some change. And okay. some change. Okay. Stand corrected, Jack. Um, <laughs> where did the name Iditarod come from? Uh, the old gold mine in town of Iditarod. I don't know. It's Same a, answer. It's got to be a guy's name. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the race is named for the ghost town of Iditarod. Oh, a ghost town. Um, it was originally just going to go there. Yeah. Um, the name of the route once carried mail supplies and gold prospectors to the town of Iditarod. The town was named for the Iditarod River and was once flush with action in the early 20th century gold rush. But after the gold ran out in 1930s, everyone left. All that's left is a few abandoned shelters and a rusty old bank vault. Man, it, it, it's always... Um, my imagination kind of goes wild when I think about the, those days. Mm-hmm. Like There was a time when that was a bustling little thing. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and like... You see that equipment out there, and it's like, how in the hell did it get out here? They get these dredges, and especially you know, back then. Exactly. I mean, we're talking, we're talking a long ways from you know any sort of major hub. We're talking, yeah, yeah 1920s. <laughs> wow, it's some rough terrain. To, you know, those guys were uh, those guys were tough. Yeah, we're weak those, now. Those were some motivated people to get out there and go find some gold. <laughs> That's all you had. You ain't kidding. That's all you had. You know what I mean? You couldn't just. uh, I mean, if you were all in on it, you were all in on it. Yeah. You. They weren't. It's like you weren't going to get a job somewhere else, or. No. What are you going to do? You're all the way out there. Yeah, it does. It's mind-boggling. It all had to be done in the wintertime, right? On skids and horses and shit. Like what? What did that? I'm I'm sure. some of it. It wasn't a know, fucking Chinook helicopter like grabbed it no, and dropped it down. And and I'm sure they could have used the rivers in some cases. Oh, and oh, and barges and, and stuff. And, okay, you know, so I'm sure definitely they used did phases that. of things. You know, transferred. You know, used the summer terrain to their advantage as they could, and then you know yeah. used the, the 
the winter yeah. terrain as as best as mm-hmm. they could and in in transfer dog sleds and yep yeah dogs horses you know all that played a major role in getting a lot of that uh equipment and materials and all that stuff out there are there any um new rookies on the rise did you guys already have to sign up yep so signups are done is there um, anybody new new yeah th- there's a bunch of rookies oh there is yeah. oh yeah yeah um yeah, there's, I don't know, you can pull it up on Iditarod. Uh, okay, so there is, there is, there's like new people coming in. Yeah, yeah. The internet's spotty. You know, it's such a great photo, man. Yeah, I love that picture of the team. All bunny boy. Did somebody get a, like a professional photo right there? Yep. Yeah, like gangster camera? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Julia Reddington. Shout out oh, to her. Oh, okay. North Wonders Photography. Yetna River, day one. So that's right out of Squetna. Yeah. Sick. yeah. That's a great picture. Um, is there any uh, anything new in the gear bag? Anything new that you came across? Like, oh, I'm switching it to this, or you got a new sleeping bag, or something. So, like that feathers friends bag, still legit, still still fucking tried and proven. Like I slept mm. in that thing. Well, for the first, like I said, I didn't I didn't go inside a checkpoint till Takatna. Then after Takatna, I blew over, camped on the trail. So, like, what I'm saying on the trail, like, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Laying in the hay, the hay with the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. A little straw, sleeping bag on top. The straw, yeah. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a sleeping pad, you know. Um, I have one of those accordion. Yeah. Accordion little foam pads. Nothing yeah. rest. And um, put the bag on that. Climb in there with, like, uh, depending on the temps. Usually just uh, like my puffy pants, my puffy jacket, if it's dry. If not, I let everything sit out on my, hang it on my dog sled, mm-hmm. and it dries out. All the frost comes to the surface, brush the frost off, and yeah. everything's dry um, for most of the time. Sometimes you're not that lucky, and you're putting on wet gear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which sucks. Yeah. That's like sure. my least favorite. Um is there something though that Start you got that's new? Jackson new jacket, shit? new gloves, new pair, something you discovered? Yeah. Those intuition liners, I I really like those inside those Norwegian like over boots. Oh, know? is that like the old Bombas? Uh, what are those? It's just like a little liner that you put over your foot. It's almost S- like like a little booty, like a little. Sock. So this is a um, it's a foam liner, and it, so there's like one downfall with it. With it being foam, it doesn't breathe the best. Mm. But if you do like a vapor barrier, so you could do like a, uh, the way I do it is I didn't have to change my, my, my boot liner once. And everything stayed dry. My, my feet stayed warm. And 35 below, mm. like my feet are toasty. So I did my, I like those wool socks by Fitz. Fitz. They're, they're heavyweight expedition sock. I, mm-hmm. I think those are awesome. They breathe w- really good. Um, they don't hold moisture. And so I put those on. Then I put a vapor barrier. Which Cars back? Y- you could do like that. Or I use these by Rab. Mm. They're like a, a booty that you put on. And so I slip that over my wool sock. And then I put a, a wool sock over that. And I do like those Fox River heavyweight expedition yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah yeah and those do pretty good um so i put those in 
and I slide those into those foam intuition liners, and like they don't weigh a thing; they're extremely light. Yeah, and that's why I like them. And they're foam. Do they cover the whole foot? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and they they come; they're like a boot almost. Okay. Like a like an insole. A foam, and they mold to your foot. Oh, so it's and, thin, thin. Um, eh, not like what's it super called? Can thin. I look it up? Yeah, intuition liners, and so they make a lot of stuff for ski boots. Right Intuition. It's a foam. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So they, they got different styles. I go with the muckluck. Almost kind of looks like a liner inside of a, 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 a snow boot? machine boot. Yeah, a snow yeah. machine boot or a ski boot. And they, they're pretty warm, extremely lightweight. And, and that goes, so like a, you have like a merino wool sock. Yep. That, and then that, an overboot. Yeah, and then I so I put this really lightweight Norwegian overboot. It's waterproof. Um, and that, the, is that what you're wearing brand? right now? What are you no, wearing? No, I'm are wearing those? Lobens, which oh, okay. is like a Norwegian boot, but okay. it's supposed to go in the overboot. Okay, the boot gotcha, you're wearing gotcha. right now. Yeah, that, throw like, your foot up there real quick. What basically, so there it's a it's a it's a wool okay okay wool and leather boot, and they're warm and they're comfy, but. I think that uh, I like the lightweight aspect of the intuition of the of the intuition liner. Mm -hmm. Like almost can't even feel them. You can't. Like they absolutely weigh nothing. And then you put all that gear on it. Every ounce really does matter. Yeah, and I like to run and kick and like help out my dogs and be active on the sled. Well, you're an athletic guy, and I imagine you like to um, apply that to your. Yeah, your mushing uh, strategy, a, right? I mean, it's a it's, team sport. Yeah, you know, like I mean, not going to sit back and let them do all the work. Sure, and sure, they they get fired up. It seems like they notice it. Whether it's just because that's the way I trained them, you know, and they're like, "Oh, dad's off running, like time let's, to get on go. it," you know. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Um, so, but those intuition liners, those are really good. So, you know, I, I don't know what kind of aspect. Or w- what application someone could like use those in, but mm. um, yeah, it, it, they would go in any boot. I guess you could you could put them in any boot. They're extremely warm, extremely light. So that's you have to like size piece. up. Yeah, so I, I I I get like a true fit basically, or maybe half a size or one size bigger, so I can layer those socks and Under have there. the room. Got it. I think like that's one of the biggest. Um, issues like people have with cold feet is like yeah. if it's real snug, you know, with your thick sock in there, like you're not gonna, it, it's not gonna go around. Yeah, like you're not gonna have the circulation yeah. that, that you need. You're not gonna have the room, you know. So, um, you're gonna have cold feet. Like if if yeah. your if your toes are snug in there. So, yeah, I like to get like one size bigger, and then of course like the overboot, you know, I. I want it to fit snug. Like, I don't want it to be sloppy. Yeah. Yeah, you want it, like, tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, everything else, I'm basically using the same. I I got some really – last year, I bought a pair of uh, down bibs from Mountain Hardware. Mm-hmm. And, like, usually Mountain Hardware, it's kind of I, – I like those compressor pants that they have. They dry out really quick, like – extremely quick they breathe really good so they work like good under a shell you know yeah. and you can be real active in them or like even just 
wearing them in like warmer conditions, you know, like if it, if it's uh yeah, get your grind done. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, you know, you can, you can, you can wear them in like warmer conditions as long as it's dry out, you know, they're not waterproof or anything, but, um, they would do good in that. But I, I bought these down, down bibs from, yeah, Mountain Hardware. And I guess, yeah, going back to, like, Mountain Hardware, I've always kind of thought a lot of their stuff was was on the cheaper side. Okay. It, it just never really seemed to be that durable or, like, hold up very well. Yeah. You know, like, make cheap zippers and this and that yeah. and start to fall Stitching apart. Starts, this, yeah, yeah, fall apart. But, like, the c- compressor pants, like, seem spot on like they seem high quality yeah and, that was and, a good uh, piece yeah I, I wear the shit out of those and then um i basically live in them all winter and then uh, those bibs the down bibs are like they seem to be i was really impressed with them and they're really okay. warm they weigh nothing they're waterproof windproof um winter winter why are you wearing these uh, is this like a training piece or Cause you're not racing in those. So no, like all all racing those down down bibs. Oh, I I thought you had like a bib shell that went so over but, those. No, um, previously, yeah, I always used to use climb bibs, mm. and then I'd wear like the comp- Mountain Hardware compressor pants underneath, or if it was cold, I'd wear like the Rab mm. puffy pants. Right, and okay. I'd wear those yeah. underneath the shell, and like that would be pretty warm to like thirty. 30 below or so, you know, 40 below. And it's never really getting too much colder than that. And then if it is, like, you're just probably going to be uncomfortable anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like just 20 or 30 below talk sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like, pretty warm, yeah, it's 30 like, below. Like, anything <laughs> over 30 below, then that's kind of, like, where it starts to really change. Mm. And, like... That's it, a threshold. Things don't really work as well. Mm. Um. But like those mountain hardware down pants or, or down bibs, it's a full bib set. It's made out of Pertex material, okay, which I really like. Yeah. Um, and the, like I said, it's waterproof, windproof, um, and so I wear those on like cold days, like twenty mm. below and colder. Yeah, I wear those. Got it. And they like do a really good job at breathing. You know, like. They're not all damp and yeah. fucking moist and shit when you go and take them off. Like, all your, you go and you take your bibs off, like, everything underneath you is all dry. dry. Not all wet like, from that's, sweat that's that what came you out want. and bounced off that and came back in. Yeah, they come out and you can see, like, a little bit of the frost build up on mm. the outside shell and you brush yeah. it yeah. off and, like, you, good range of, mo- of movement. In yeah, the like, yep, yeah. Yeah, no. Because like, Mountain Hardware stuff does fit good, though. Yep. Is the one thing that they have going for them. Yeah, I think it fits good. It looks good. You yeah. Know, they have, like, a lot of good-looking gear, and I, I yeah. think maybe they're making some improvements. Um, I mean, they are a hardcore mountaineering company, but I know what you mean by just you can get some products that just kind of... Yeah, they, a little chintzy. Yeah. But cut, cut corners. Like the compressor pants, like I said, really top-notch, and then, yeah, these down bibs are, are really nice. So, like, if mm. you were mountaineering or... I don't. I mean, I think you can do anything in them. You could ski, snowboard, whatever. Because yeah, like ice fishing, whatever range of motion, all mm. of that. It like it's like you have nothing on. Yeah. I mean, you go straight mm. ninja in out there. Yeah. Yeah. Straight Flanders. Yeah. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all, <laughs> baby. <laughs> um, and then what? <sighs> you guys remember that episode? Though? No. No. 
What, from Simpsons? No. no. I wasn't you guys ever watch Simpsons? Oh, yeah. you weren't allowed to watch yeah, it. I mean, I know who Flynn My is. kids are watching it you now. You remember they, they go to the ski resort and uh, uh, Flanders is wearing like the full onesie red spandex <laughs> suit? He's like, he's like wearing nothing about. at all and he's like shaking his ass. And Homer's like, God damn sexy Flanders. <laughs> I, I no. thought everybody knew, no, but okay. No, no. But yeah, I think I think that's There's only a million episodes. I think that's about it for, for, for gear my, life. Okay. For my yeah. gear. You're still going true blue on a lot of stuff you started with. Yeah, because it works and I guess I haven't really felt the need to to change it. I mean, there's like some jackets, you know, that I've I've gotten new. You know, um, and maybe they've discontinued some or what have you, but it's still like I, I wear a lot of rab, mm. a lot of rab and a lot of Pertex. You don't go full Canadian goose, bro? Um, Just full rich boy? You know, <laughs> I, I hear their parka is um, is all right. There, there was a couple of people that were sponsored mm. by uh, Canada Goose and – they said like you know the bibs they weren't all that great like I mean I think it's definitely a, a fashionable uh, I know that's why I mentioned like the yeah oh, it's a it's a you guys didn't laugh yeah I said the I said the rich boy shit like yeah. you yeah. know well, you're that's what you're you into yeah, just, you got some can it, can rich I said can, okay you Canada. know you know I don't have it when I say Canadian goose because it's Canada goose yeah it's like the Canadian goose gear <laughs> but I, I mean their shit's nice clearly I don't have any of that shit their shit's nice no it's beautiful gear I just um but yeah a lot of the rab Never stuff some outdoor problem. research mm. um, does Fial Raven have any crazy stuff for that um I don't know their stuff that seems like it's so like fancy. But yeah. yet, it's good Hell shit. Nice gear. I, yeah. I think it's good quality this and all. A big race I, checking it out. I, I want to buy some, but I'm like, I think it's good quality. Like and I, I I haven't I haven't tried their stuff out, but it seems like it's almost more like high quality city gear. Yeah, you hmm. know, like yeah. fashionable. It definitely, that looks if fashionable. Like, if like you gotta hit the trail after work, like you'll be good. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if yeah. I. I, I've seen the I've seen those one the one pants that they have they're really popular. I see guys and oh gals those hunt, like wax ones them. yeah all the time yeah. Well, they got some real crazy stuff like their park. I tried it on when I was in Seattle last year, or whatever. And I was like, man, this is probably the burliest coat I've ever put on in my life. I just trying to convince myself, yeah, this is for like ice fishing and straight flip. <laughs> it's it's like, like nah, twelve hundred dollars? No, <laughs> no. Not happening. Yeah, um, and they it, that uh, they make a, a parka out of that. I'm kind of <coughs> curious to try it. That mountain hardware, they make a parka like out of the same material oh. as as the bibs, mm. and it looks like a pretty, pretty nice, yeah. warm, yeah. cozy parka. Do they have it in a very bright color? Because I feel like a mushroom yeah, has to they, be bright. I think it's orange, and I'm like, Perfect. fuck. That's like the only like I was like, I get it if it was an orange. <laughs> If it wasn't You're more of a like purple yeah. guy, right? Yeah, purple, pink, yeah. Femi colors. Yeah. <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. All right. Uh, well, we want to wish you good luck in the season coming up. No, New dogs um, with the place. I want to come visit the place. Yeah, no, you guys yeah. come out anytime. Really cool. We'll go I know my, bro my brother was like saying how awesome it was and – 
Yeah. Because he's been helping you with the yeah, plumbing no, stuff. Yeah, no, he kicks ass. Yeah, oh, so Carl? Was, yeah. yeah, so I was like, oh, I want to go check it out. And he's like, oh, you're right by Eddie. Because I was sh- telling him some other places I was checking out to buy something. So, so you, are you, you plan on uh, doing like a cabin or yeah. you want to get like a full re- like full-time re- residence out there? No, no, I ain't trying to live there. No. Cabin. 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 Fucking Willer, baby. Yeah. Oh, Willer. Yeah. A couple dogs. You know, one thing. There I you go. <laughs> <laughs> you should. <laughs> get Tom and Jerry in there. Well, you got a new dog. She ain't built for that. You, you need she's you, city dogs. You, you need one that you can go take hunting and all that. I do. She's a vishla. She is a hunting dog, but she ain't no. Actually, she loves the snow and all that, but I, she ain't ready for that race. Yeah, life. when I when I was growing up, man, when I, on those these party hunts with my dad and his buddies, they always had a dog running next to the rig. Yeah, they didn't ride in the rig. No, it, it, it next ran. To the, yeah, yeah, ran. Yeah, they well, were, that's what that's what she could be. It. She could be a maven. Yeah, man, she's a soldier. Prettiest girl I ever saw. Oh, she's so she pretty. does not need to be running on no trails. Oh man, I'll she's... hold her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put her. I'll put her in a backpack. No, <laughs> oh, she loves to run, man. She she's loves full it. Of it. Um, any other questions, B? No, man, just really good to catch up with you, Eddie. No, yeah, and, and yeah. you know, I, I wanted to say congratulations to your rookie year. I, I mean, I kind of, you know. Contacted you through text and stuff, but uh, you've really taken this dog mushing thing seriously, and uh, I, I would say that you're you're. I don't know the sport that well, but I feel like you've entered the realm of elite status, and and you're you got committed. A target on your you, back now, all these rookies. Yeah, you're so, you got the sophomore year coming up. But yeah. my, my, what I'm saying is that it's really cool to see the culmination of where it all began because we know the story mm-hmm. um to make the pivot that you made with the nana uh dog team and and that was a really cool situation that was going on there uh, and now to spread your wings and and do your own thing in really a relatively short amount of time if you think about when you started doing this yeah no, it. I mean, it, you're it, fucking G for doing this, dude. I've been on the fast track. You know, I. I yeah. I, I think. For sure. I think I'm probably one of the least experienced. I. I. I don't know. I don't know this for sure, but I'd say I'm probably one of the least experienced rookies to ever join. I did a run here, especially probably in the past, you know, twenty years or so, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, to to place in the top ten, you know, I think there's only been five five mushers to ever place in the top ten on their rookie year. Shows your passion for it, man. You can uh, see it, you know. Yeah, I mean that you just you really really went all in on it. No, I mean it's and it's it, what like, it takes to be that good. You have to be obsessive. Uh, oh. Yeah, like you have to have that work ethic, that drive. You have to love it. I mean, if you don't, yeah. then you know, work a full time, ten hour a day job, and still deal with your dogs and your cabin and your your camp and and your team and yeah, finding dogs and training dogs and. But it's like with anything, you know, it's like you guys podcast or someone starting their own business or you know, I mean, it just 
it, it takes a lot of grinding, a lot of hustling. Yeah. Um, it, but it, it takes like the also supportive people cause it's just mm. not, it's not just me, you know, it's, yeah. it's sponsors, you know, McKenna brothers, Alaska seal coating. Mm. I've had some new ones come on. Yeah. Um, Western enterprise, um, trig air, some of these I, I haven't announced yet. And, um, I want to have, I think a few more coming on as well. So, oh, and family and friends too, like family, friends, like you know, people Candace, care, caring for your children. Like, I mean, just all yeah. of it, dude. Like, the, the Candace support making really, the website, yeah, yeah, you know, my buddy making the logo. It's like all these little things that, and she loves it, man. She's like, like so stoked to, to help you out, and for sure. And like, know? it's like, I don't know how to do that, shit, you know. Yeah. And she set up, like, the business license for me and this and that. Yeah. And, like, it's all these behind-the-scene things as well. And then, like, you know, you got you're the Carlo na- you're out the there helping driver, me out bro. with plumbing. And, you know, like, I'm no carpenter. I'm out there, you know, doing all the uh, trim and paneling in the cabin and cabinet, you know. And I had some other buddies come out and help. And so it's just there's been, like, a big learning curve for sure, like, on some of this stuff. You know, like, because, like, resources are limited, too. Like, it'd be one thing if, like, money was no yeah. option. You can yeah. just, oh, right. You can just yeah. hire people, you know, yeah. hire professionals. A black credit card, you just. Yep, yep, build me a cabin. <laughs> yeah. Clear me the land. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever the cost, just handle it. Yeah, build me a website, you know, get all this dog equipment, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but. You got to, it's like, well, shit, I don't got the money for that. So I guess I'm going to have to figure out yeah. how to do this on my own, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I can do fucking trim work. I can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can install I countertops. Yeah, you know? this YouTube it, man. Call this somebody. Uh, no, exactly. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been crazy. It's been stressful. Um, but I, to me, it's worth it. And, um, you know, I want to, I want to continue to like grow and improve in the sport. Um, I, I think I've definitely, yeah, I've had a, a, a great start, you know, I've only been racing for three years. I only have three years of racing under my belt, you know, and most people, they go and they do, I did a rod. They got, they've been running dogs for 10 years or yeah. 15 years. And that's what I meant. It's a short amount of time where you started where you are now. Yeah, no, it's in, You're you in know, the mix. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't think of myself as an elite musher, one of the best or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I guess I have shown that I can be highly competitive. You know, I can be in the top, top yeah. placing at, you know. You can run, you can run with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least my race record shows that, you know. Yeah. My race resume does. And I still got a lot to learn. And uh, a lot of things to improve on, you yeah, know, for sure. But uh, that goes with everyone and everything that you're doing. Yeah, there's always room for improvement. Never yep. ending. Never ending. Yeah. yeah. Well, we wish you the sure. best of luck. No, I appreciate it, guys. I, yeah. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, and thanks for dude, coming in. We'll check in again when we can and and see how things are going. I mean. You're the number you're, one guest, top guest. You're top a guest. resident musher, bro, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have had guys on here more than three times. No, I we've don't had think some so. Repeats. We've I mean, had a couple we, repeats. I mean, we've got some of our like extended crew that comes on yeah. every few weeks. Um, that were at maybe the first time a guest, and now have become a, a regular on the show. Um, 
I mean, you're really, I mean, we're talking about like every season we've had you on. Yeah. Three, one, we're going one, on three years. So. Yeah. Once a year, come yeah. on, done a little race re, or season recap, you know? Yeah. So, no, it's been cool. And well, uh, if anybody's listening to this and they're, they're really interested because all your shows have been great to listen now, they can go and listen to all three of these recordings. See the progression. And they can, yeah. yeah, and it's really Well, we didn't cover a lot of stuff that we already did. You know what I mean? Like a lot of stuff that we pretty much already covered in the previous episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. This is more like an update. So if you want like more in-depth, because really? we really got in-depth in like how they did a run and how the planning goes mm-hmm. and all that stuff like in the previous episode. So if you go back and definitely look at those. Yeah, raising a team from pups and, you know, your previous experience, previous yeah. experience. It's, it's different now. It is. Because you're like, a, I kind of, I don't know if this like sounds wrong or not, but I equate you to kind of like a new NASCAR team. Like you're, you need, you know, you're getting a motor from this team. You're getting some parts from this team mm-hmm. and those are your dogs. And yeah, and you're, you know, you're putting your race trailer together. And so um, yeah, before you know it, it will, it will go ground up. Yeah. I'm kind of scrounging point, together. You know, like yeah. I said, I had April to September 1st to, to, you know, basically get everything i needed to have a competitive kennel and i still haven't even acquired everything but i i got mostly everything you know and i'm still getting piecing, few, it together. Yeah, piecing mm-hmm. things together for sure but it's um yeah i kind of lost my train of thought there of where i was going with all that but it, it's definitely i had to start from scratch and it, it's been a, a quick process. Yeah, and and, it, it, and that's what I meant. Like you're, you're well, you didn't let it. Your like, approach at this season is way different from being mentored yeah, into it. You know, yeah. like, yes. you, like you're your really, own. Everything's on you now. Yeah. Yep. And it's a ground up project. You know. Yeah. Like that first year, it was like here, here's this young puppy team. Yeah. Train them, and mm-hmm. I, and, and you know, I was off on my own. You know, and I was doing everything myself and on my own little schedule and making my own judgment calls and things like that. And then that second year, you know, was they're a little older and I was making, uh, I was racing at more at a competitive level with them. Yeah. Um, Building but, them up. But still, you know, I was the only one running them, training them, making decisions. Of course, bouncing ideas off of them as well and getting input and all of that. And then last year, was uh, I was really on my own, and I was just communicating with Tony. And, um, you know, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to go do this, I think, with him, or I want to set him up this way, or I want to peak him for this race. So, you know, what's the best way you think we can do that? And, you know, we'd bounce ideas off. But for the most part, you know, once again, like, on my own doing that. So I – but I think that's really helped me to be able to, like, now be fully – Independent, independent, yeah, in such a short amount of time, you know, yeah. Um, That's what's so cool about it. You know, that freedom allowed me to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. and then it's either you know you almost had like a little safety net there. You 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 have to you have to be Mm -hmm. quick to um, to you know resolve these issues or make split second decisions on the trail or you know be able to read these dogs and you know recover from it and you know improve from it and realize these mistakes and all that so um yeah that freedom definitely like it, it it's taught me a lot you know and it, it gave me the opportunity to like be where i'm at yeah and i would say um 
as we approach our closing of the show that, uh, you know, you're a tenured, I would say you're a veteran at this point. If we're talking about athletes, we're talking about the, the lifespan shelf life of an athlete in general, because mm-hmm. I, I qualify you 100% as an athlete doing what you're doing when you're talking about the run you're making with the lack of sleep and the mental and the physical and the, the training and the, and the working and the, with the dogs. And the, yeah, like it's, you're, you're an athlete like any other, probably one of the most unique athletes on the planet. If you think about it in the grand scheme of things. Um, but, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there where I was going with that. Um, that, um, oh, where was I going with that? Damn it. I, I was thinking too fast. My my point is is that you're 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 if you think about like a pro athlete, a football player, a basketball player, a baseball player, you're three, four, five. They're in the league. They're established. They're a veteran. Mm-hmm. So I, I so maybe elite was like blowing it up a little too much. I'm think, thinking like we're expecting top three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just think that you're approaching it. And in your races at this point, you're going for the dub now, oh, you yeah. know? And, and so, cause I remember me talking about racing your teams before and it was like, we're really not trying to win necessarily. We're just trying to run and, and get, get pace and get experience. Yep. And, and now it's like, you probably know how to actually strategically approach races. And, 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 and some of it, well, a lot of it has to do with, with success the dogs you've had. is, is the dogs as well. So like, you know, I came on, I had a puppy team. They're like, here's your babies, train them. Mm. They've mm-hmm. had no training, developed Yeah, it dogs. takes a couple of years. Take them into their very first race. So, like, of course, our first race, like, we're just trying to go around the track and make it positive and happy and all that. So, like, yeah. the first season was about that. Second season was like, okay, they're a year older. They're still not fully mature, but you can race them at a competitive level. So now it's like showing them competitive level racing. Mm. And so I had some good competitive finishes, you know, and um, like went to the Kobuk 440 and I mixed in some veteran dogs and I took third, you know, against like mm. some of the, the best dog mushers in the sport, you know. Yep. And um, then last year was where it was like, okay, now I have this dog team that's, they're ready, like they're veterans. And then I mixed in some, some other veterans, you know, that uh, were six and seven and that have been racing at that competitive level for a few years. So with that, I knew I could go for it. So like, that's how, you know, I went to the connect. We won that, go to the Cusco third, you know, and then I did a rod get top 10. And so now this year though, I'm almost kind of back at square one. Cause yeah. you have a whole new dog team. Cause I have a whole new dog team, but these dogs whole new are, training area. are veterans. So, mm-hmm. And yeah. they, they have been, there's only five of them that haven't been raced. Um, mm. But the rest of the dogs, the rest of the 15 dogs in the kennel are, are veteran dogs, and they have have been to some race or another, yeah. whether it's been Iditarod or some mid-distance, things like that. So um, I think I can, I can take my abilities as a dog man and a trainer and then also as a racer, the skills that I've learned over the past several years, and I think yeah. I can, I can put together a a, a competitive, competitive uh, dog team. And I think for Iditarod, you know, like um, I'm hoping to improve from like last year's finish. Yeah. But um, you know, like getting into the top tens, like a, a 
good goal. Really big accomplishment. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah, it is. That's it's, it's a tough battle, Mm. you know, to get in that top 10. And, you know, I, I'd like to crack that top five for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'll do a full send. Like if, if we got it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm still learning so I'll much. Fall off guys. the rails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a, tethered this time. A fan, a fan came up with that name. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. And um, actually, well, he's not really necessarily a fan of mine, but he's just kind of a fan of the sport, and he does like commentary on the races and things like that. And so I believe he came up with the name, and he put it out on his Facebook page. And uh, then the fans kind of voted. He had, like, a couple different options. Oh, really? And then, so they they were voting and kind of, like, there were some that were getting a lot of traction or whatever, and I was like, ah, I like off the rails the best. So it was kind of the little little play on me falling off. Yeah. (laughs) Good. It fits. It fits. Yeah, Yeah. man. You went off the rails. You're on your own, and you got to make this work. Yeah, and this whole dog team's kind of off the rails. They're, they're, it's a hodgepodge kind of group. And it's a crazy, wild group, like really eager to please, really eager to run, um, high energy. And they see you hauling that water and they're like, see, dad's putting in the work, man. Yeah. We better run. He wants it. (laughs) Yeah, I I did. I need to get that well wired up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've been, I've been hounding that electrician. I, I don't know where he's at. Oh man. Cause I, I don't know nothing about who does? Like I can do a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Of, that one is definitely subbing out. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I can do a little bit of carpentry, you know. Uh, yeah. I'll build a doghouse or Six something. Colors. But <laughs> those wires, man. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. want to fry that hair, bro. <laughs> no. It's the only thing I got. Hang on to it. It's still flowing too, man. It's flowing nice. It looks good. Nice. They said best hair and I did rod. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I keep yep. that going, man. Yeah, that that was like the story that you know, I, I kept getting hounded by the reporters for for oh talking about my hair. We gotta get you like a shampoo sponsor. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> oh no shit, man. Like the Tony Ponomalu yep. head and shoulders type shit? Yeah. Yeah. Is there an Alaska local shampoo sponsor? I don't know, man. That native shampoo, I love I like that native stuff. You know what I'm talking about? No. I don't know. I, I use you that, use shampoo? I used to shave other stuff. <laughs> I go to the ethnic, the ethnic section. The sides. Get, oh, oh, okay. And I get that shea butter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You gotta keep that shit soft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, well, especially in the past, you know, I didn't have, I lived in a dry cabin. Oh. So, you know, and other people might get kind of, like, grossed out by this, but, you know, I'd probably only shower Every seven to ten days. Yeah. You know? Um, but by the time that rolls around, like, my hair is starting to turn into, like, dreads. And it gets all natted together. Mm. And oh, then yeah. it takes, like, a half hour of, like, un- unraveling the nest. You know? <laughs> so it's, like, half a bottle of conditioner. And, yeah. like, just wads of hair. <laughs> I'm actually just envisioning Eddie just chilling, like, sitting on the floor with this old lady. Behind him, he's got a 40, and she's just corn rolling that yeah, shit. Yeah. 
Uh, it looks so good. It's so good. Uh, That's what I should probably do. Hell Winter yeah, time, just dude. Yeah, just roll it up for the race. Hey, man, kind of like the dudes do for the fights. Just yeah. get your hair done. Oh for yeah, the race. get it out of the way. More aerodynamic too. Yeah, there you for go. Because sure. I thought like the moil won't like, be flowing. I was like, man, that's aerodynamic. You know, like that's built for speed. <laughs> so that's why I cut it that way. <laughs> and then cut that side draft off. Just yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because before I just had it real long. I mean, I've had mullets like back when I was mm. in high school and, oh, younger yeah. and all that on and Clean off over the years. But um, I was like, yeah, this is. I, I had just long hair everywhere, and I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do the mullet. Like, I gotta get fast, <laughs> streamlined. I'm either, either go cornrows or man bun, and I say, Ooh, uh, yeah, cornrows. Yeah, keep it G. Well, and like the man bun, that doesn't really like work with hats. Nah, I'd have to like my beanie. I'd have to cut like a little, oh, a little nub out. Oh, at yeah, the top. No. Have they made that kind of hat yet? I don't know. I don't know because they have the ponytail hat for the girls. Do they have the man bun hat? Well, they got those <laughs> saggy sock hats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? oh, there you go. Yeah. Just hide the mud. Yeah. yeah. I think your dogs would disrespect you if you had that thing sticking out. Who's this guy? They wouldn't look at yeah. me the same. Red dog yeah. would be disgusted. Ugh. He'd just go in his house. <laughs> wouldn't look at me. Cut that thing uh, off, bro. Thank you, Alaska. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Eddie, for coming in. Yes. Off the Rails Racing. Uh, Eddie B. Jr. on Instagram. Give the boy a follow. Um, thank you for checking out the website. Thank you for following our um, Instagram and our YouTube page. Um, and special thanks to, to all the people we were shouting out local greens the other day. Subscriptions came in. Um, there was a guy who just moved here from Italy with his family, heard on the podcast mm -hmm. um, about the local greens and wanted to support local and went in there and bought the subscription. So shout out to that guy. And and, and there was actually quite an increase of subscriptions. So mm -hmm. thank you to people that did that. There's still a few left if you want to go get that. Um, if you want that local green, you had green, like eighteen fresh. a couple of weeks ago, so it's narrowing down. Yep, yep. Yeah. Did you have something else to add? Get it while it's hot. Oh, I was gonna throw out that love to local greens, but you beat me to it. Oh, okay, that's it. Okay, um, thank you as always, and Alaska as always. Stay wild. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need, tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of aerobic waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products. Providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers, custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. 
thetreehouseak.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate the vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack. Located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge, can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG Cider Company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their pop and tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. Alaska Mining and Diving Supply, located in Anchorage, is our go-to for powder sleds and utility rigs. Whether you're in the mountains with the flat bill bros, running trap lines, or hauling freight, they have the selection to get you dialed from peaks to the valleys. Find them on Commercial Drive or akmining.com. I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth, and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy, and it is unmanly to say they cannot do it. <laughs> 